Hello there. Welcome to the IWS Podcast. I'm your favorite host, RJ, and I have some amazing guests with me, the lovely Elizabeth Castillo and Joy Sue. Elizabeth and Joy, how are you doing today? Hi. <laughs> we're good. Thanks. We're doing good. Excellent. This is our first time with two guests, so we're going to have probably a very extensive discussion, but I'm very excited because they're also counseling students, so they're also going to be coming into my field which I'm also very excited about that. And I think there's going to be a lot of context they're going to be able to provide to us since they're obviously pretty good at sharing, I would imagine. Okay. So for those that don't know, this platform is focused on mental health and we want to encourage those that are going through different challenges in life to be sure to go seek out services from a professional therapist at any time if you need it. And the purpose of us sharing all these stories is because a lot of times we don't come from environments where this is natural for us to discuss these things very openly, particularly for my men out there. So with all that being said, I always want to begin by talking about the families that we come from, right? I'm going to begin with you, Elizabeth. Okay. If you don't mind, share with <laughs> myself and the audience about a little bit about your family dynamic and family structure. Who did you grow up in the house with and who ultimately raised you? Yeah. So I grew up with, um, my mom, my dad, and my older brother. So I'm the youngest in my family. Um, my parents still live in the house that I grew up in, in South Florida. Um, I grew up in an Hispanic household. Okay. So uh, my dad was born in New York, um, but he was raised in Dominican Republic, and my mom was born in Colombia, and then immigrated here when she was a teenager. Um. Yeah, and they met in Hialeah, shout out if you know Hialeah. <laughs> Just uh, outside of Miami. <laughs> and um, Quick question, yeah. is that still the 305 or no? Yeah, Hialeah, Hialeah is deep in Miami, it's 305, okay. yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm from Broward. Okay. So I was gonna say, you know, you know people try to claim other areas that they're not from. Like, <laughs> I don't oh, yeah, wanna you know do that. Like, no. You don't like <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I'm, I was technically born in a Miami hospital, but I, I'm Broward. That's okay. Yeah, hey, yeah. We respect that. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, they raised me and, um, I would honestly say I had a really lovely childhood. Um, I would use that word to describe it. Um, my parents, although they are Hispanic and I know Hispanics get a reputation for being traditional and closed minded. Um, they're, they were young parents. So they had me and my brother relatively young in their twenties. Okay. So, like, uh, are you talking early mid? So they had my brother at 22. Okay. Uh, pretty young. And then they had, my mom was in her late twenties and my dad was in his early thirties and they had me. Got it. So they're pretty traditional in some ways. Um, you know, religion is important to them mm -hmm. um, and stuff like that. But they're also pretty open-minded. So I think it also helped that we did have some family members who needed a lot of mental health help. Mm -hmm. So my mom always told me, like, therapy is normal. Therapy is okay. That is beautiful. Yeah. I mean, mind you, um, her she she liked therapy um, through like the Bible. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like biblical or faith biblical, based. Biblical. Yeah. Faith based. Yeah. For her. But, um, she was always like, if you ever need someone, you know, you mm -hmm. can always talk to me or, you know, whoever. So I'm glad I have That's that. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that just because, especially when you're talking about being traditional and I talk about that when you think about, uh, cultural differences, right? Sometimes we come from backgrounds where it is, sometimes culturally inappropriate to go seek out guidance or assistance outside of the home. Yeah. yeah. 
like that's been my lived experience mm-hmm. for those that might not remember so my, my father's side of the family is black my mom's side of the family is latina so my experience was like for those two communities they don't typically go out and get services outside of the church they typically go immediately to the church. Yeah. <laughs> so when you said that, I'm like, yeah, I, that for sure. My family is super devout Christian. Yeah. Uh, which again, nothing wrong with being Christian. Nothing wrong with going to get faith-based counseling. Not at all. My point is that sometimes we worry about things like judgment. I've heard from yeah. when you go to like your church, because then sometimes I've heard people say, people know my business. Yeah. So then what if they talk about it? Now I can't go back to this community and have fellowship with people that I really value and I appreciate. So I want a secular therapist, which I am. <laughs> so that way I don't have to worry about, you know, those type of things. Does that make sense? No, that makes total sense. Yeah. My parents, so it's funny because we never belonged to one church. Mm. So, um, when, from my understanding, like when I was younger, my parents, they were more Catholic than Christian. Okay. I know like they're similar. Sure. Like Christianity is, you know, something on those lines. Yes, they're very I don't, similar. I don't know a lot. Yeah. But um, they considered themselves like more Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, well, more Catholic. And then they left the Catholic church and then they became Christian. Okay. So growing up, we would like go to church like every Sunday mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. But um, my pastor is like, well, my family's pastor is like a 40 year old, tatted up gym rat. <laughs> um, non traditional, some might say. Non traditional, like found God one night, like just had like a moment. Like, so I never had like a. I guess like growing up, I never had like this fear of like, oh my God, the pastor, like the priest is like mm. so big up there. Like he looked like he was around my older brother's age. Wow. So th- I think That's that different. was, it, it's different. Like my, honestly, when it comes to religion, they're a little bit more like modern with it. Yeah. I would say, um, because they've had their own journey with religion. Um, yeah. No, I, I think that that's cool. I, yeah. mean, I think it, I think it can make things a little more approachable for some people. Yeah. Like if you saw that, you know, because for example, because um, I was raised in the church, mm-hmm. uh, tattoos are desecrating your body. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> yeah. if you go in, I mean, I, I'm not saying that like I was, I have tattoos, but so it, we, but, yeah. but if I go into a church and my pastor has tattoos, like clearly, what's he gonna say to me? <laughs> right. Right. He's yeah. like, hey man, you got a full sleeve. I only got a half. So yeah, I, I, I would imagine like we're okay. So yeah. I think that might make it in immediately seem more approachable for some people who are seeking out you know, that type of, uh, community. I agree. Yeah. It, yeah. it was, it was more approachable than not. Um, but yeah, definitely God was like the center of like our family growing up for sure. And then, you know, we grew up, my brother and I, and you know, you, you find like your own like viewpoints in life and what you do agree, what you don't believe in. Like I have family members who just don't believe in evolution and I have family members who just, um, believe in certain things that I don't believe in mm-hmm. and that's fine but you know definitely I think growing up getting out of the house experiencing stuff like mm-hmm. going to UCF um, helps like I think what's interesting too is that like I grew up with majority Hispanic majority minorities yeah. major- like I didn't really have a white American friend except maybe when I was like in elementary school and not because I didn't want to or anything it's just, it's South Florida. Everyone's yeah, yeah. Hispanic. Everyone speaks two to three languages. It's true. So that kind of, you know. It, it keep, it, I think for some people, um, 
depending on where you're coming from, you might come from like a, I think we would call them like a cultural enclave, mm -hmm. right? So like, it might be like a Chinatown or, um, or like, uh, I think South Florida and Miami has little Haiti, little Havana, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. That's a cultural enclave. So what does that mean? So you'll experience much more, much more of that particular culture and language and food in that particular area. So it might not feel so foreign to be like, oh, I don't see white Americans walking around here. Right. Because no. like if you grow up there, like that's all, you know, so you yeah. might even realize like, oh, yeah, I'm actually not in Cuba. I'm not in Haiti. I'm well, not in you, Dominican Republic. You would think they're white American like me, like I'm, I'm white passing. But then I'm like, I'm actually Colombian Dominican. You're like, oh, like you just don't know, like Cubans and like because there's a lot of um, Cubans and Caribbean people in South Florida, like. Yeah not we don't all look the same absolutely not. <laughs> so we it's like we all come in different shapes <laughs> but i'm grateful for that experience because i think although like it was hispanic and uh you know like diverse mm -hmm. like i'm glad i grew up in that way because i was able to hear other people's perspectives and i was able to acknowledge that like you and me like you're half latino mm -hmm. like we look different sure. but like we're still Hispanic. Right. And like, we have different experiences that way. That was never taught to me. That was just like, not everybody looks the same. Oh, and yeah. then when I got to college, people would be like, oh yeah, like I only had like one Hispanic girl in my high school or like this and that. I'm like, oh my God, like that's so not my experience. <laughs> so. that's and, and that's the beauty of, at least to me, um, talking about these things. Cause you don't, we all come through life only seeing things from our perspective, right? I yeah. talk a lot on this platform about personal bias. Yeah. So the hard truth that we all have to remember is we all think that the world operates based on how we see it. So when something happens out there in the real world and Elizabeth looks at it, she thinks that that's what it is. Yeah. But the truth is everybody has a different perception of it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So when you think about oh, all these people come in this shade and they speak this language and they're supposed to look like this. That's not necessarily true. That, that can be typical depending on like maybe the country or the region you're talking about. But when you're talking about things like diversity or how people present, right? You get that initial opportunity to like judge and say, I think this is what they are. But then when you actually talk to them, you're like, oh, like you said, like, I didn't know. Yeah. So I say all that just to say, I always challenge myself and other people to just be curious. You know, yeah. instead of kind of going into different situations and thinking like, oh, well, this is clearly uh, this type of person who comes from this background who has the same lived experiences as I do because they told me that they're Latino, for example. That's not true. Yeah. There's commonalities, but it's not always going to be the same. So you want to give people that space to talk about their experience. Yeah, exactly. I would think that's important. Pivoting to you, Ms. Joy, <laughs> would you like to share with us what was it like growing, for you growing up in your family? Yeah, um, so I have an older sister, my mother and my father, Okay. but probably around when I was eight, my mom had to leave for financial reasons, so um, she left for work and she was gone for about six, seven years, I think, mm -hmm. so... I guess between the ages of 8 and 15, 16, it was really my dad, just me and my dad, because by then my, my sister had gone to college. So Can I ask you real quick, what's the age difference? Four years. I have an older sister, we're four and a half years apart, but please continue. Yeah, <laughs> so um, that was a little bit hard, I would say that for sure. Um, my older sister was like, she felt a responsibility for me, mm. which... I, I understand that now, but obviously when I was a kid, I just kind of was like, you know, 
who are you? <laughs> um, and my dad and I are very similar in the way that we're both very stubborn. So it felt like, I think at the time, it was processed as like my mom left me, like that type of abandonment. Mm-hmm. When that's practically, logically, that's not the case. I know that's not what happened. And that's not anything that I feel against or anything like that. But mm-hmm. sometimes that it felt like a war zone, like me and my dad. We went at it, and me and my sister too. So yeah. that time was a little bit hard. Um, I'm Korean. Both my parents are full Korean. So... Um, Immigrants, traditional. We all. It seems butter. like we all have some of that in common. <laughs> yes. Um, shout out to the immigrants. Yeah, shout out <laughs> to, to the immigrants. immigrants. <laughs> um, yeah. My dad's older, so I think... I'm trying to think. 40 is when he... How old he was. He probably had me. Wow. And my parents are 11 years apart. Okay. So... Sorry. Do you know the age difference between your parents? A year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It shocks people when I tell them that. 11 years. Listen, (laughs) not my parents, but I did find out, actually when I was in school, that a lot of the women on my mom's side of the family, it was very common for them to have about a 10 to 12 year age gap. Right. With their spouses. Yeah. And then one of my aunts. Quick story. I don't mean to interrupt. Real quick story. My family was able to come here, my mom's side, because my one of my aunts, she married this guy in the Air Force, one of my uncles, and they have, I think it was like 27 year age gap. Like it was, wow. he was wow. actually, actually I take that back. Yeah, I think it was more than that. Cause he was actually the same age as my grandmother. <laughs> wow. That's scandalous. Yeah, but. <laughs> Shout out to my Theo Morris. He was a phenomenal person. And if it wasn't for him, like, my family could have immigrated yeah, yeah. here. So, anyway. Shout out to Theo. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, the church was a big part of my life. We went to a Korean church. Okay. We don't, I mean, I don't believe in Korean Jesus. I know, like, when the movie 21 Jump Street came out, that was, like, a huge <laughs> thing. Everybody was asking that. No, Jesus is not Korean. <laughs> um Wait, can, can you expound on that a little bit? What's Korean Jesus? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, if that so is. like in the movie Twenty One Jump Street, they like they're in a Korean church or whatever, mm-hmm. and I think there's like a painting of like Korean Jesus and somebody. Am I making this up? No, no I, I remember I, the movie. I, you just, I, I didn't remember that. Part. I don't remember the scene. Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't know that part. I mean, I believe you. Though. Yeah, maybe yeah. it's the wrong movie, but there's definitely a movie somewhere out there where there was like okay. Korean Jesus. They made a joke about Korean Jesus, but anyway. <laughs> That's besides the point. I grew up in a church. Okay. I grew up in the church, um, Korean church. So that way, my parents were able to find like that community between sure. their religion and. Um, so that was a that was a really big thing. My dad was like an elder at our church and all this stuff, and there was some scandals at my old church. So my dad went and like started to build this other church like from the ground up. So it's a it's a it's a very big thing for them. I think they also credit their religion and faith for their immigrant success you know what i mean so i think that's that, yeah. pretty typical too for a yeah. lot of people yeah. I, oh yeah at least to me i think those those are some of the most devout people yes people who are coming here especially you know depending on i don't know your family story but depending on what they were coming here from yeah you know, right. like what, what their circumstances may have been you know yeah. that led to them coming well here. my mom kind of grew up here so she went to like middle and high school here okay my dad came i i i just found this out my dad came because he was not allowed to get a job in korea because my grandfather apparently was a part of the secret service 
Hmm. And he was like on the team or the squad that was responsible for like an assassination for some leader, some wow. dictator leader or whatever. So anytime that my dad tried to go get a job, they ran a background check yeah. and saw that they were related. He was related to my grandfather. Wow. So he so he was getting punished for what your grandfather did. Yes. Oh, wow. I don't really know. I don't know my grandfather. He passed. So like I don't really know the logistics of that story wow. or. How no, but I mean, that, that I mean, is. but that's but that's that's, <laughs> that's unfortunate though that he that he had to jump through all those extra hoops though. Right, something he didn't even do. Yeah, so he came here to like find work and the American dream. American dream. <laughs> I, I want to ask you something, Joy, because you, you said something. I've I've talked about it on the show before. Um, the re- part of the reason why we talk about family dynamic and like who's in the house, right? Because yeah. I believe I'm a father. I have a soon-to-be 12-year-old son. And um, I think a lot about the impact of when a parent's there and when they're not. Yeah. So I don't know if you all know, but the audience should know. I lost my mom when I was seven years old to brain cancer. So the vast majority of my life, I've grown up with just my father and my older sister. And she kind of, her and my aunts had to try to, like, give me that maternal warmth because my father just, like a lot of men, uh, didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it was kind of difficult to know how to... And I didn't learn, honestly, until I became an adult, like how to be comfortable being sensitive and vulnerable and yeah. trying to communicate emotionally because it just wasn't a thing. But I say that because I know it had a certain impact on me that I had to do a lot of internal work to like get to this point to even like function. And I'm curious for you, since your mom wasn't there, not to say that she was not there at all, but for that period of time that she wasn't, because it yeah. sounded like it had an impact on you. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah. Um... I think the best part that came out of it is that I'm I'm really really independent probably to a fault and you can probably ask Elizabeth that but I I don't really like when people do things for me I like to get everything done for myself um not to say that my my dad did his absolute best to like fill both roles for sure but my dad's also rugged so and he's a man exactly and, and with, with all due respect and this is to men and women like men are fathers and women are mothers and i don't my father tried too but yeah it's hard it, it, it's hard to embody something that you're not yeah yeah um, please continue. so um i mean <laughs> i think also at that time it felt like my sister and my mom had more of an established relationship my sister was like 12 13 whereas i was like still a kid so yeah. it definitely felt more and more as i got older that it was more of like them three and I was like kind of out here because you were younger well just like their relationship had been established and as like their relationship had been created and existed I was getting older fighting with my dad fighting with my sister um and when my mom would come home to visit I didn't really feel like that connection that connection that didn't come up till probably last year mm. 21 so we just we don't talk about stuff like this like emotional stuff or family yeah. things like that so i kind of am on my own in a way of i take care of myself the best that i can yeah. i don't really like to ask for help even though they are my parents they're ready to provide when they need to but i think that also put me in a position to where i am closed off it takes it takes some time for me to really open up to somebody about 
the things that are bothering me or anything like that besides yeah. like best friends obviously but that to anyone that I mean yeah. that takes some time I would even, I would even add to that in terms of like in order for somebody to become your best friend you have to let them in at some point to, to, yeah. to grow that relationship yeah. to get to that point right yeah I think also what I've really noticed it's probably really bad, but <laughs> when things are bothering me, I just kind of like lay out the situation and then I say, well, it is what it is. And then mm. the emotions, the feelings or whatever, that's for me. I have to figure that out. You know, it's okay. This is interesting. <laughs> no, I, I, I love this. I, I love the openness. This is, you know, this is why we're here. The reason why I mentioned like my story about my mom and why I talk about it so openly is because I recognize like how disconnected I was emotionally for a long time yeah but I also understood that it wasn't my fault because I didn't ask to be raised without a parent yeah. right yeah. like when we're the children like we're born into whatever as families right we're you don't pick who you're born into so we have to deal with the cards that were dealt yeah and I say that because the only thing I think that helped me was I have such a large family on both sides and I'm very connected to them that like I have a lot of ideas and like they <laughs> they help to supplement that you know yeah. what I mean? it's not the same no. but when you think about like the net impact to like a child right you think you think about things like attachment so I'm gonna try to break this down because I think this is a beautiful moment to, to touch on this when you think about when you're a young young kid this is my experience maybe you might have your own your own perspective I believe that the first job that if I'm a boy in my case I need to fall in love with my mom because she's going to represent the type of woman that I want to be with mm -hmm. when I get older for those of us that are heterosexual and then I want to emulate my father number one because he got my mom but also because he is the idea and the example of who I want to be right and I believe the reverse for women right so you kind of want to be like your mom to a certain degree not be them but right. aspects of them and you love your father because you want a man to ideally love you like your father loves you for those that are heterosexual so what happens when you miss that you know and that's where like I had to do a lot of deep diving myself because I didn't get that part all the time like, thankfully I did have my older sister that she helped but obviously like, we're only four year, four and a half years difference so even when you brought up the comment about like she had a your sister had a stronger connection with your mom, I was like I feel the same way. Yeah. Because I was younger, so I everything's very like uh, faint memories. It's yeah. not I don't really have any clear memories because I didn't I wasn't alive long enough to create any. Mm. But those are things that like I would say we have to not put that burden on ourselves. Like I did something wrong, or you did something wrong, or you did something wrong to deserve that. It's just these are the situations, yeah. right? So how do I how do I find a way to healthily deal with that so I don't perpetuate maybe the impact, the negative impact as I get older? You know what I'm saying? Like, especially when I want a relationship built and there's like you brought up such a good point. You're like, oh, I want to be so independent, you know, and I know I grew up in a very similar way. But the challenge to that is, at least to me, life is so hard. It's meant to be with somebody else. Like we're yeah. supposed to balance it and, and have somebody to walk through this journey with together so you can kind of pick each other up when the other one's person's not maybe at their best. But if I don't allow people to come in, I can never really create that. 
Yeah. You know? Because yeah. like, you can't get to know me because I'm not allowing you to get to know me because I'm, I'm coming off extremely guarded because I'm very independent. And mm-hmm. I, can em- I can not only emulate, I can empathize with you because I was you. Mm-hmm. Like I was there. And um, I just think it's one of those things that, number one, I appreciate you for sharing that. But I think it's important for us to recognize there's always going to come points where you're going to need help. Like always. And this is for the men in particular because we're the worst ones. Like at least you all, like it's a little more comfortable for women. Most people don't make women feel bad about asking for help. But for men, we have like a whole ego complex that we're supposed to get through everything solo and we're never supposed to ask for help for anything. And that's very dangerous and destructive in my experience. So I'm always trying to challenge us to, if we have like some resistance there, let's try to figure out where does that come from? Because we need to understand that that's going to make life incredibly much more difficult than if we had somebody to go through it with. But I would love to know what you think and then what you think about it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's interesting that you say you have to fall in love with your mom. A little bit of Freud. A little bit of Freud. (laughs) Um, It's examples, man. Secure attachment. (laughs) Secure attachment. Secure attachment. If If I can't attach to my parent... I can't attach to a woman because if I if I feel like my mom don't love me, it's gonna be hard to think like could Elizabeth love me? <sighs> but she's she didn't even yeah. give birth to me. Like why would I, why would she? Of course she's gonna leave. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Attachment style is interesting. I think also from what you're saying, I think um, it's interesting because I grew up with secure attachment. Mm-hmm. Like I I do know that my parents love me. I've never doubted that. Good. But. I think times, experiences have changed my attachment style Okay. when I started dating mm. and when I started to be more independent. So I think you can have certain attachment styles with certain people, mm-hmm. but I think as you grow up and you experience stuff, unfortunately, sometimes that can change for the better for sure, or the worse. <laughs> no, I think it can. Yeah. I always just think of it as a... It's like your foundation. It's your starting point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, and we'll get into it in a little while. But to me, those are like those initial examples. Let me give you like a quick example. And I want to go back to you because I want to hear what you what you think about okay. it. It's like uh, I'll give you a small example. So one of my best friend's parents, which I'm going to interview actually on the show in the near future, um, just beautiful people. They raised two great sons, and. I see the way that they have conducted themselves throughout their life, right? And I've, you know, I've worked with a lot of different people. I have my own lived experience. And I've thought about it at great length, like what makes us different? Mm-hmm. Like take away culture, like I'm not, I'm not focusing on that. Just what makes us different? If you think about those lived experiences, right? There's examples that are being set for you from when we're very, very small. Mm-hmm. When I see, when I see two people here and they have a loving relationship and they communicate well. If I'm the child and I'm observing that, I know that that's normal, that's okay, and that's what I deserve, right? If I see two parents that are arguing, sniping at each other, or one's hot and one's cold, one's passive aggressive, one doesn't engage, Mm -hmm. I also see that as normal. Mm -hmm. More than likely, I will imitate what I saw because I believe that that is normal. So back to my point, what makes us different? My, that one of my best friend's parents, I saw them communicate well. I saw them overcome adversity. They always came back to each other. 
So they demonstrated, number one, that it's possible, because seeing is believing. If you don't believe it, if you can't see it, it's really hard to imagine things. But also, when you grow up with it, it normalizes it to the, to the strongest degree. So you don't doubt, like, can I find somebody to walk through life with? You're like, of course I can. Yeah. My parents are still together. Yeah. And they're not the same people. They're very different. They have issues, but they work through stuff. Yeah. So just trying to emphasize the point, like, those early years, they really set the tone and the precedent for what we think we deserve, what we are accustomed to. And sometimes we have to do that inner work, like I was saying earlier, to challenge what you learn. Because sometimes it's wrong. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, unlearning is hard. It's extremely hard. <laughs> it's extremely hard, which I'm gonna go back to joy because we skipped past you, ma'am. No, it's okay. Um, I mean, I don't really think that my parents have really misconstrued my perception or anything like that okay i think it's affected me and myself in my past relationship mm. and i mean i i was in a session my own therapy session once shout out to therapy yes <laughs> and i i had explained like the whole family dynamic to her and i was telling her about my past relationship and she pointed out that I have a problem with doing too much for the other person, mm. even though I will never accept it from somebody else, right? And she said, she didn't say, she alluded to the idea <laughs> that I'm compensating for what I didn't get. I'm trying to do the things that I wish my mother was there or able to do. And yet nobody asked me to do all these things. It's all mm. self-assigned. And she, she challenged me to think mm -hmm. about that and why, but it really was like, I'm trying to be the, the mom that wasn't there oh, yeah. for other people, That's even right. though, you know, for me, accepting that is hard when other people do that and show up for me it's like i there's this huge disconnect of letting people do things for me even mm. though i will bend over backwards for somebody else mm. but then that will also lead to a fault right because if we don't have secure attachment or if we have anxious attachment like i did you'll do things to feel security you'll yeah. do things you'll do all these things for somebody hoping okay they won't leave me which is operating out of fear. Yes, for sure, definitely. Which is not how we want to be inter no. interesting in relationships. <laughs> of course of any not. Kind. Of course not. <laughs> but I think I don't really think that I had anxious attachment with my mom. You know what I mean? I think it just wasn't. I think it was more of like a surface level relationship for a very long time. But mm -hmm. I didn't doubt that she, you know, loved me or cared for me or anything like that. It was just there was a stone wall. And we, we couldn't get past it. Yeah. No, and I appreciate you for, for sharing that. I think that to me is like the reason, number one, why we need to go to therapy. Because there's a lot of that stuff that you can unravel from, the again, the way that we grow up and the way that we see things. Yeah. And a lot of that isn't, it's not 100% our own perspective. A lot of it's just, a, it's a function of the environment and the consequences of the people who were in charge of us, the decisions that they made. Mm-hmm. Again, because we're just subject, we have, we don't have autonomy as kids. Like we're just no, subjecting yeah. whatever is there. And so even when you bring that up, right. And you say, 
I'm, I'm operating and trying to kind of like doing a lot because I want that other person to feel maybe complete, secure, loved, appreciated, but then I won't let you do it for me. And then you both said independence, right? I'm going to do my best to not go on a tangent, but <laughs> when people say that now, I, I get very different feelings about what they mean. Let me, let me, bear with me, go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> this is just my perspective. Again, feel free to challenge. To me, independence is the standard. It's not a deviation of the norm. Mm -hmm. But when I feel like when people talk about it, they talk about it like it's something special. Like, I'm exceptional because I'm independent. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm interpreting that like, no, you're just the norm. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to be independent. You're supposed to be a healthy functioning human who can create healthy attachment with me if that's what we're going for. You know okay. what I mean? Not oh, you know, I'm like this and then you need to meet me with this energy because if not, you know, I'm going to move on mm -hmm. from you. To me, when I think about what you said, that sounds to me more like compensating. And even when you describe that, I could, I could appreciate that because I know that I did the same thing. Because yeah. my father raised me and my sister to only be independent. So we never went back to him to ask for help. Yeah. Because the idea was like, there is no help. You need to make it work. But then I, again, I had to give my own thoughts challenge in therapy to recognize that's not always fair or appropriate. Because mm -hmm. why, going with your example, Joy, why would I expect less than what I give? That's like my whole thing now when I talk to people. Yeah. Like you're, I'm only going to expect what I'm putting out there. And if you're not putting it out, then don't think you're going to get it back in return. If you want respect, for example... I demand it because mm -hmm. I'm always going to give it mm -hmm. yeah. so I can have accountability. Right. Yeah, no. you, you can't. I'm not going to allow you to disrespect me because no. I'm not going to disrespect you. So don't dare think that that's going to be OK. Yeah. Or I will support you and assist you the absolute best that I can because I care about you and I'm here in your corner. You think I don't want that in return? Exactly. It doesn't mean I need it all the time. It doesn't make me less than contrary to popular belief. <laughs> It just means that sometimes I'm going to need that and it's okay for me to need that. It's okay if I'm not strong all the time. It's okay for me to be weak sometimes. But we have this thing really mixed up. And I think a lot of us hmm. operate with that mentality. So what then I talk about is it makes it very hard for people to come together because we're so guarded. Yeah. Thoughts? I don't really know if I agree that independence is the norm. You don't think so? I think it depends on what aspect that we're talking about, but I think, especially when I came to college, mm. I think there were a lot of people that were not ready to be on their own at all. Oh, for sure. And, and I guess, it, I mean, <laughs> when it comes to relationships, if we're talking about, oh, I'm independent and I don't need you, I can... Mm -hmm. You know, on to the next, whatever. Take it or leave it. Yeah. That in itself is a slippery slope. That I don't agree with okay. either. Because I think then people become disposable. Yes. And I think it becomes... That almost becomes more of a defense mechanism because you're not willing to meet somebody in the middle. Mm -hmm. and, no, or no sense of compromise. Yeah. Like, and it's it's great to have that confidence and be independent and know that you know you're not going to take disrespect you're not going to take less than but 
there's also there's a very fine line of not taking disrespect but also sometimes you have to accommodate for the other person that's Mm -hmm. what the whole point of relationships are yes so i mean that's just my personal opinion i think it's great to be independent and be in a relationship agreed because codependency itself is a whole other issue. <laughs> no, 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 no. We, no. We are not. We are not endorsing codependency. No, no, no. But I do think independency and like social media. Sorry, but social media. I know. We're. I know. We're gonna get to it. But I think social media also fosters this idea of like self-love. Of course, thousand percent. Sure. But that can also lead us to a slippery slope of like anything I don't like, anything I don't need, I can, it's quick to drop. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, if you're dropping everything because you don't like everything, what are you left with? You're eventually going to be alone. Exactly. Exactly. I agree. I want to, I want to ask your take, but I want to, I'm going to do one, another quick little PSA. I say, instead of independence, <laughs> I say interdependence, meaning I know that you, Joy, and you, Elizabeth, are independent, functioning people, as am I. But if I want to pursue you in a relationship or you in a relationship, I understand that, to your point, there's going to be certain concessions and compromises that are going to be there. Because that's what it takes to have a relationship. It's not going to be 100% about what you want or what you want. If you want that, that is a dictatorship, which you're not going to be able to get that to work with a healthy, functioning person. To, to your point about codependency, <laughs> Keyword, if it's unhealthy, sure, yeah, you can make it work because I have to, I have to downplay myself in order for this to function, which I'm never going to co-sign that. But if I understand, this is the way I usually explain it to make it simple. There's things that I know that I can do on my own. I don't question the idea of like sometimes we talk about like men versus women. Can I? Because I feel like that's a, that's a foolish argument. What I would rather say is, would I rather do this, or if you're better at it, and we're going to be together, why don't I let you do these things? Right. Because there's things that you are better at than me, and there's things that I'm better at than you. Not better as in, you're beneath me, mm-hmm. to be clear. Mm-hmm. Better as in, I just know how to do this thing better than you, or I enjoy doing it more than you. So why not allow you? For example, maybe you don't like to cook, <laughs> and I love to. Sometimes you do to make me feel better and appreciate it because you don't want me to do it all the time. But I do it majority of the time. Why? Because you know that I like to do it. Does that make you less than as a woman? No. Or as my partner? No. It's learning, hey, cooperation is better for us in the long term than like, so you're going to live your own life. I'm going to live my own life. And then we're just going to run parallel with each other instead of actually going together at the same time. Yeah. I wonder what you think about that. Um, what about inde- independency? Or yes. About, okay. You can, you can, you can connect uh, it to it. A bit of both, like. yeah. Well, I agree with, I agree with Joy in the sense of like, I, I don't think independence is the norm. And I will say for me, um, independence was never really a word used a lot in my house because mm. I have a thousand aunts, I have a thousand cousins. There we you just go. keep, <laughs> we just keep, you know, There's making more. more babies. I know that. I have a community behind me. Sure. And so, although my my mom, she always told me, 
never depend on a man. Mm. She was like, for anything, you need to make sure that you have your own job. My, my abuela too. Mm. She'd be like, mija, you better make sure that you keep like, like secret money. <laughs> she is, she's really great advice. Um, and Never you need to go to college and you need to, you know, do this and that. But when it came to my brother, like my mom would be like, you will always have your brother. You will always have your tia. Like if, I, if I'm gone or if your yeah. dad is gone, you know you have your aunts and your primos and stuff like that. So it wasn't so much a romantic person to sure. depend on. It was family to depend on. I agree. Yeah, so. Let me let me build on that real mm-hmm. quick though. But what does that what does that demonstrate though? Like think 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 about think about the narrative you just said there. So your your mom and your grandma said hide money in the, in the, in the <laughs> under the mattress. Just in case. Not why, just just in case. But at the same time, say, your brother and your family, we got you. Do you, you understand? That's confusing because you're kind of saying the same thing. You're, or, or sorry, you're saying two different things, but they actually conflict with one another because one is saying, be so independent because in case, I'm not going to speak for her, but I'm going to give my take, just my mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. initial response. In case he leaves, have that there. Right. I'm not against women having their education. Right. I think that there is a level of security. And I think that that's beautiful. I think there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, for sure. But when you talk about hiding the money, what my mind goes to is fear again. What if he leaves? So have this there as a just in case. Not like he passed away and he had a life insurance policy. (laughs) Like He bounced. So I'm going to put this there. But at the same time, teaching you that it's okay to be dependent on the people who are there for you. Why can't I also say, hey, if I have a partner who has demonstrated that level of trust and security with me, why can't I not then depend on them too? Well, I just did it right now when you said partner, I, I nod in my head because I have to unlearn that. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, not really unlearn. I do understand what they're saying in the sense of like romantic relationships mm-hmm. are great. Your children are the love of your life. That's mm-hmm. what I grew up with. Sure. So. Um, my parents have a great marriage. This is from my parents' words. They love each other very much. But then I have, I grew up with a lot of aunts and, you know, uncles and stuff. And they're like, if you ever have kids, those are the love of your life. And you don't let, literally, like, my great-grandmother told my abuela and my mom told me, you don't ever leave your daughter alone in a room with any man, including her father. So that's wow. some generational trauma there. Yeah. For me and the people that I grew up with, like, obviously, like, obviously something tragic must have happened for her to say that but like romantic relationships are great but your children your siblings your cousins that's that's where you need to make sure that like if anything happens you go to them Mm. so that's what i was raised on so you can be be independent from from your partner (laughs) no and 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 that's why i was trying to make that point because like I, didn't I get what he- you mean. I didn't hear it in that specific way, uh-huh. but my family was very much the same. They were just, you know, like, we're always here for you. In my mm-hmm. mind, though, because the way I got raised, I was just like, it's just me. I'm running this race by myself. Um, <laughs> Which I get because of your, your your experience. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. My father was hyper, just, hyper it's just you, man. Yeah. Um, but I, I say that again, because when I think about this idea, again, I'm going to keep using the word fear. A lot of us do things out of fear. Like we, we make a lot of hasty decisions because we're afraid of what could happen and i'm always a fan of having those hyper uncomfortable conversations 
because then it helps diffuse those situations. So I'm not constantly planning perhaps in my mind or having the mental preoccupation that you're going to leave or bail on me or, or leave me with these kids or, or take away your income or whatever the case may be. I don't think that's how people want to actually go into relationship formation. It's like, mm-hmm. so this is going to fail. And because it's going to fail, I'm going to do this in response now because I know you're not going to be there. It's fear. Because my grandma told me, I can't trust you. She said, I could trust my brother, my cousins, my aunts, her, but not you. No matter how much I love you, no matter how much I care about you, you're going to do something shady to me one day. (laughs) So I am going to make sure I am ready to have my escape hatch, pull the parachute. I'm out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because of her trauma. Right. Yeah. And I'm saying that because, and I love that you, you put the word there. Sometimes we're not even aware that we're passing these things along. Like, we don't even know why sometimes we're doing stuff. I was told I can't be in the room, the room alone with you. Or I have to have this money again in this account. Why? Because my grandma said, <laughs> just do it. Yeah. And then when they start talking, I'm like, yeah, but why do you think she said that? Because uh, maybe she got left. Yeah. Or maybe one of her siblings got abandoned. Yeah. And she was like, that's never going to happen to anybody else in my family. So I'm going to tell all the girls, don't trust men. Yeah, and I, and I grew up with that. My tia would tell me that every single day. All men cheat. Oh, um, ay, Dios mío. Yeah. <laughs> all men cheat. All men are dogs. You focus on you. You focus on your kids. And I was like, okay, tia. <laughs> okay, wait. I'm going to pass this to Joy. I'm not saying you agree with that. But okay. just, just roll, roll with that point because she brought up a really good point. Have you ever heard that language that in your all, life? That all men cheat? Yeah. Or that you just can't trust them? Um, not for my parents. Okay. Um, I conjured that up myself. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, no, this is good. Okay. This is good. Um, this, is, this is good. If, if, that's, if that's the case, that's the case. Yeah. So at least where I'm at right now, I, I get the don't trust men thing. Yeah. And not to generalize all men, obviously, of course, right? Although, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> let's be clear on the language, though. But we're saying all men cheat or all it, men are dogs. So that is absolutely a generalization. Okay. That is a generalization. That's the textbook definition of a generalization. <laughs> let's, say, let's say most. Or... Maybe, maybe, maybe we can... Throughout the conversation, some, maybe we'll get to some. Some. Maybe we'll get to some. <laughs> um, I mean, I was just put in a position where... I, I was cheated on. Okay. Multiple times. And so S- same person? Yes. So that's that's why I'm very strict on the fine line of knowing what you're gonna put up with and knowing what you're not. Absolutely. Knowing when to leave. Um, but because of that, this was somebody that I knew for a very, very long time. And that's why I am strictly I I don't think that you know everybody fully. Of course not. So I think because of that, that's why, at least me personally, I have my guard up because you think you know somebody and then you don't. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what hurts the most is when you think, you know, this is somebody I love, this is somebody I trust, this mm-hmm. is somebody that I know like the back of my hand, know better than myself. Yep. And then they turn around and, you know, they do cheat or they do hurt you or they do leave. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, okay, if, if they could do that to me and... They were my everything. They were my best friend. I knew them better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. How could I think that somebody that is just out there 
minding his business. I don't know him, <laughs> but I'm supposed to just go out there and trust that he's not going to do that to me or even that guy or that guy or any other guy. Maybe not immediately. I, 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 <laughs> Give I, him some time and he'll sure. cheat. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> I see you try to rope me into that one. Right? Uh, no, no, no. no. What, I, what I would say is to me, and again, you guys feel free to jump in. Oh, that's um, good. I think you progressively let somebody in. Yeah. You you slow you give them small truths about yourself right. that you're comfortable with, and then you see over and over again how do they respond? Do they yeah. hold that with a level of respect? Do they honor the fact that I've shared something very personal with them? And the more that I see that, my comfort is naturally going to grow with them over time. Yeah. But to your point, I'm never going to know this person fully because number one, we're constantly growing, changing, and evolving, so you can never know that person. And I would submit. We're, we're jumping ahead, but I don't care. <laughs> I want us to always imagine that I don't fully know this person. And because I don't fully know this person, I need to put in the effort to constantly engage in meaningful conversation with them. Right. Mm, so that I, I can yeah. learn from them because I what agree. I will tell you, what I believe happens, complacency is real. I think the longer we're with people, sometimes we think we know them to a certain degree. So then we start doing things like trying to predict their behavior and predict their responses, which then makes us start changing the way that we communicate. Because then we'll say like, well, you know, I would tell Elizabeth that, but man, she's going to respond like this. So I'm not even going to bother. Yeah, you soon. So what's the net effect? Mm -hmm. I didn't communicate. How does that impact the relationship? We grow distant. Because you really want to know what's going on. And I'm like, I can't talk to you about it. But I can't tell you why I can't talk to you about it. Because I'm having this own internal dialogue in my own mind. Yeah. Without allowing you to be a part of it and actually speak for yourself. Yeah. So I always encourage us. This is a platform issue. I always encourage us to always be curious. Never assume that yeah. you know this person. Yeah. Not because... Not to say that you know nothing about them, but know that things can change, circumstances can change. Right. And importantly, if there's conversations that I don't typically talk about or I haven't historically brought up with them, maybe I need to start doing that because yeah. it'll help me kind of filter and, you know, and kind of screen through people to figure out who's being genuine and who's not. Yeah, absolutely. I think also as much as somebody could, could hurt us because you know that's life life sucks sometimes and people are gonna hurt you that's that's how it goes i think the hardest part is is the unlearning and the bouncing back and and wanting to be yeah. open with somebody mm -hmm. i think that is the biggest strength that yeah. anybody could have because you know you get hurt the wrong way one time you know you could be done for yeah. <laughs> you know that's when we start that's when we start making comments like that uh, yeah well, and, i can't and, i can't trust <laughs> any women because all women cheat so like i'm just right. gonna give so, up you know and that's that that's a place where i'm at at least currently right now where for me it's hard because something that i admire about myself is i try my best to forgive and try my best to forget Obviously, there's always going to be parts of me that hurt, but something that I like is, or try my best to do, is still be open. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like, you creep, you open, and then it's like, okay, like, maybe that was too much. How do we, how do we know what, what they're going to do with that? Did I do too much? Did that push them away? Are they going to stay? Are they going to leave? How do they perceive yep. that? That's the anxious attachment talking, of course. And, and that's what you got to talk about. Right. right. I mean, with, I mean, ultimately, 
that's what I would want us to be communicating with that person about. So it was like, hey, I felt like I said something that, I don't know, maybe came across as like I was off-putting a bit. And I just want to know that, like, are we still in a good position right, right now? Yeah. And then, but the important part, the second most important part is you got to let them respond. Oh, yeah. Right? I'm saying that because I can't tell you how many couples I've worked with where they literally don't talk because they'll say things like, I've known this person for so long. Yeah. I know what he's going to say, Elizabeth, so why am I going to waste my time? He, he, he's already, he already said no to this, so he's probably, and then I catch them when they do that, he's probably going to say no. I'm like, probably, exactly, because you're not him. Yeah, exactly. Stop trying to speak for him. Exactly. Let him speak for himself. Let you speak for yourself. Don't let me dare come into the situation and say, well, I already know Joy's about to say this, so I'm just going to avoid the situation, and hopefully you know, it'll just gloss itself over. That's ridiculous. That's how we start setting ourselves into this big booby trap that's going to blow up in your face later because now we have this mountain of issues that are going unaddressed and we're wondering like, again, why are we distant? Why don't we want to spend time together? Why are we maybe seeking out attention and validation outside of the relationship? You know what I'm saying? We're not getting those needs met because we're just like, well, I got to get it from somewhere and I can't trust you anymore. So, but I won't leave you and I won't talk about it. So I'm just kind of biding my time, I suppose. Yeah. What do you think about that? <sighs> it's a lot. It's a lot to process because um, us three specifically, like we um, know a lot about human behavior because we study it and we're going to be doing it for the next 30 to 40 years, <laughs> hopefully. And we're very understanding people. But I think because we're understanding, well, I can only speak for myself. But because I'm so understanding, I get human behavior and I get attachment and I get trauma. I think sometimes we let people off the hook too easily. Mm. And I think, and I wholeheartedly think this, that if you don't respect or love yourself, that partner's not going to... Even if they do show you respect and love, you're not going to believe it. Mm-hmm. A partner will literally tell you a thousand times, I love you. You're so awesome. Like, thank you for everything you're doing in your head. You're just, it, you don't even register it. You're like, yeah. what? Oh, okay. Anyways, like, you're not, if you don't believe it, like, how are you ever going? Like, it's hard to explain in the sense of like, when you've been done dirty so many times, mm-hmm. um, and as a woman, I feel like we bounce back we can bounce back pretty quick, like, mm. because we're so understanding. On top of that, like, I'm also in this field. I'm going to be a marriage and family counselor. So you're going to be more understanding. I'm going to be. But I have to stop myself sometimes and be like, I get it. You don't have to. You don't even have. Like, I get it. Thank you for explaining it to me. I heard you out. But at the same time, I don't have to accept it. And of I think, course not. And I think sometimes women specifically accept too much. And I think that is one of our issues. <laughs> okay. I mean, I can't, I mean, I know I'm speaking, I'm, I'm speaking for all women, but for me, no, I've noticed okay. it like in the woman in my life, mm-hmm. stop babying this person. He's mm-hmm. not your child. And Facts. sometimes a boundary <laughs> needs to be up. And if that means letting go of a relationship, I think it's worth it. So that's kind of what I think. Cause I totally get you, like, in the sense of, like, when you've been, you know, done dirty so many times, like, to open up again, and, like, this random person in, like, Switzerland is going to, like, know me so well. Like, it's just hard to imagine that when Mm -hmm. 
there's been so much hurt, but because us three know, like, okay, like, we can, we know, like, logically we can get through it, we can get through it, but, like, it's still like that. It's different when you gotta live it, still. It's different when you gotta live it, yeah. I wanna touch on that, but I, I wanna actually clarify for the audience, um, how old are you? I'm 23 years old. <laughs> We're, We're no, young. No, no, We're no, babies. It's, no, no. It's, not, it's nothing wrong with that. It's just I want to make sure everybody understands. Um, I want to jump, touch back on what you said about boundaries because I loved You hit one of my buzzwords. I love boundaries. Mm-hmm. I think it's extremely appropriate to have boundaries, uh, particularly when you're talking about, and again, we're kind of going out of order, but expectations. Oh, right? yes. Because. And this is fun. If I have, <laughs> right. Yeah. If I have, the, if, if I communicate well, I would say. This is to me, that's the key part. If I communicate effectively what I want, particularly if I do it right off the bat, right? If we're oh, yeah. we starting to get to know each other and I'm like, hey, what are you looking for? Oh, you know, I'm looking for this, this, and this. You know, these are some of the things that I went through and, and this is essentially what I want moving forward. And then I'm doing the same thing. Number one, we're being intentional, which I would make the case, most of the time we don't, we don't do anything intentional. We just kind of fall into stuff and we wonder why it don't work. But the other thing is that it's absolutely appropriate to set boundaries, particularly because of what I've been through. So for example, I've been in situations where a partner has not communicated well, and that has led to all these presuppositions and assumptions that have come into the case, and then we have no opportunity to actually remedy anything mm-hmm. because that person has already drawn their own conclusions, right? I, was, I actually haven't talked about this on the show, but we know in CBT, cognitive behavior therapy, we always talk about thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. When somebody's having this own internal conversation, right, and you're not allowed to be in a part of it, they literally are concocting an entire narrative of what is going to happen. Not what happened, what is going to happen. And then from there, they can change their feelings because now they believe that that is actually going to happen. And then their behavior may be, now I'm going to be distant from you. Now I'm not going to communicate with you. And then ultimately the relationship cannot survive. But all of that is predicated on the fact that we are not talking about those issues. It all started from the fact that we don't communicate about it. So I talk about those things because that is a very firm boundary for me. Because I know I can't tolerate that. I don't tolerate that from my son. I don't tolerate that from my clients. I don't tolerate that from anybody in my life. If you don't want to communicate, I'm not going to put in the effort. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because to me, that's basic human decency and respect. If you want something, you need to make sure you're trying to explain it in the best way possible. But we also need to make sure that we are being understood. Sometimes we just talk at somebody and we assume they got it. No, we need to make sure, what did you you just hear me say? Hmm. And make sure they reflect back to you what you were trying to get them to understand. Otherwise, they're operating on their own guess of whatever you were trying to mean. And you might get hurt and you might get frustrated again. Mm-hmm. Like, why doesn't he get it? Because yeah, he, yeah. didn't, he didn't understand when you said it. And some people think they're good listeners when they're not. True. And I'm one of them. <laughs> because. Um, I appreciate the transparency. <laughs> and it was, it's interesting too, because you mentioned expectations and like, um, I think expectations can, it's a really interesting topic because um, what I expect of a partner may be different than what you or or you expect out of a partner and that's where communication you know plays in yes ma'am but like I was in a a recent situation where I would hear um a person I was dating say I'm not ready for a relationship not ready for a relationship and my head I said yet you're not ready for a relationship (laughs) yet and 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 then and then you drew the conclusion of what and then after months 
of, you know, dating this person, um, I was like, oh wait, I think he really means it. Mm. And I had to be the one to say, I'm sorry because I wasn't really listening to you. Like you told me in every way what you wanted and I just went along with it because I genuinely thought, of course you're going to change your mind. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's really honest of you to admit that. Yeah. That, yeah. Sit there I, I respect you a that, lot. That was on me. And I realized I have that issue. I like to hear what I want to hear. Listen. Doesn't a everybody. Lot of, a yeah. lot of people do. A lot of people yeah, do. We yeah. hear one thing and we're like, I'm going to twist this into something that I can use. Because I'm an optimist. So when you say, oh, this, this can't work, I'll be like, for now right see I, I'm, I'm glad you use that word i consider myself an optimistic realist so uh, i like to make sure i have hope always for the future right or hoping people to change if i wasn't if i didn't i shouldn't be a therapist right yeah. but i also know that it's based on where people are at today mm-hmm. so if somebody tells me i'm not ready i'm not trying to convince them otherwise i'm like okay heard and mm-hmm. i want i want them to take their time to do whatever they need to do to get ready yeah. As opposed to me thinking I'm going to convince them that they need to get ready because they need to go through whatever in life they are going through. And this is just also just things from I've learned through working. Sometimes people have to fall into worse situations before they wake up. Yes. Yes. Unfortunately. <laughs> and I don't say that because I like that. To be clear, I do not. And men in particular. Yeah. We do that, but that's because again, we don't we don't have the language, so we just kind of like keep running into the wall over mm-hmm. and over again. But we find ourselves in situations where we put ourselves over and over again in these repetitive cycles that don't give us the outcomes that we want. And as much as you being the other person or me being the other person can be like, you know, if you just maybe change that, I think I think it'd get better. But they got to see that. Yeah, they got to know that that is not only possible, but it's something that they desire. Otherwise, going back to expectations, I'm now projecting my expectations onto you and I need you to honor those, but you didn't agree to that. So now what am I doing? I'm inviting disappointment. Yeah, it's like um, you you kind of set them up to fail. Facts. And maybe that's what you wanted. Could be. Or in the sense of like, you believed perhaps you this was even going to work out anyways. I've heard situations yeah. where some people do that because it's a... Uh, it's a core belief. I was going to say, it's, it's like, it can be like a half-hearted attempt to like connect <laughs> yeah. with somebody. Like, That's I a did, good way I to tried, put it. I tried. I tried. <laughs> but I tried with somebody who was emotionally unavailable, so was I really trying? No. Because if I'm trying with somebody who's not available, then I'm actually just allowing myself to still remain guarded, so I'm actually still protecting myself. Yeah. Which defeats the whole point of learning to be vulnerable. Yeah, you can't be vulnerable with someone who doesn't want to be vulnerable. Right. Yeah. Right. So there's like all those, like you said, core beliefs or just lived experiences that, you know, shape the way that we see things. Yeah. And sometimes you're right. I absolutely believe we set ourselves up sometimes to be frustrated and disappointed because sometimes we don't listen or sometimes we are not speaking about the things that we actually need. Uh huh. And then, and then when you put it out there, especially like in dating, right? And you put it out there. If that person shows you and tells you that they can't give you what you need, to your point, I need to walk away. Because again, I'm setting myself up to be disappointed versus if there's 10 guys in here and we filter through them and you put your expectations out there and two of them match them, 
I shouldn't be entertaining the other eight because I'm wasting my time. They already made it clear they can't give me what I want. I need to invest in you two and let's see which one I really match with, right? So the pool is smaller, but I'm increasing the probability it's going to work. Yeah. And they don't work out, you just go back to the other eight and it's fine. I mean, no, don't do that. It's actually really bad advice. <laughs> what, we're going to go back to them and try to convince? Like, no, hey, don't. You, like, you didn't, you didn't really you mean weren't that. that did you you didn't mean that, right? Yeah, we, we you go know back. You really want love. Come on. <laughs> or is it, you know, I was emotional. Yeah. I want to jump back to you. Expectations. How do you think you do with communicating expectations? Currently? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I'm pretty good about it currently because I was in a position where my expectations were really low <laughs> mm. only because I was trying to meet the person there where they were at so I kept my expectations low to be able to say that you know they met the expectation so I could okay. stay right uh, okay like they kind of met the threshold yeah so I'm trying mm. to think of the right words that I want to say here it's okay You kind of go along with what the other person wants and you kind of disregard what you really want. Okay. That's my personal experience in my relationships was, you know, even though I clearly knew I want something else, either these are the expectations that I have, but you don't want to meet me there. Okay, that's fine. I'll meet you where you want to be at because uh, I don't want to let you go. So that's where the overcompensating comes in. Yeah. And I think that hitting the wall that you were talking about earlier, I think that can happen in a relationship too, where you keep pushing yourself until you've had enough mm -hmm. and you, you just, you're over the edge and you're like, you know what, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> Things have to get worse before you wake up and you, you want to make a change. So I think in my past, because I didn't set my expectations and I was constantly disappointed and I was constantly unhappy. I'm projecting my disappointment to this person. That's not fair to them. And I admit that. That's my fault. But now I'm like, listen, X, Y, Z, this is what I want. This is what I expect. If you can't meet me there, then let's discuss. If we still can't come up with a compromise, then like, or we need to move on. I would add to what you're saying only in that. Or, yeah, I would add to that in saying, if you know you got deal breakers, then there's no compromise, mm -hmm. right? So compromise- List I'm, the deal breakers. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of compromise, but don't compromise on the deal breakers because then that can be exactly what you said. So yep. he doesn't want to give me yep. this thing, so I'm just going to try to provide it to myself anyway. That's like um, the two of us are in this relationship, but I'm like dragging you along. Like yep. you're not walking with me. I'm, no. I'm pulling you here because you don't want to match and put in what I'm putting exactly. in. Exactly. Right? And it, it, you can't, no person can do that forever. Everybody's mm -hmm. going to hit a breaking point mm -hmm. or it's going to stress the relationship to the point where, of no return. Where you're like, you know what? Yeah. And I get it. You don't, you don't want to work at this. You don't want to work as hard as I want to. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and finally let you go. Yeah. And I think I was also part of the, I wasn't listening. I wasn't hearing you. But I think also my communication and that was more of, I'm talking at you. Mm. I'm not talking with you because you're not here. Yeah. You're, this isn't what you wanted. I'm not hearing you, but I'm going to, I can spout at you all my expectations. I can talk to you and at your face 
as long as I want all the time. But if you're not comprehending and understanding me and then changing your behavior or your actions for that change to be made and meet me in the middle or wherever it is, Mm. then what's the point? I'm wasting my breath. There you go. I'm wasting my breath. And not only am I wasting my breath, I'm wasting more of my time. There you go. To sit here and think, he could change. Yeah. (laughs) Even though he told me, no. Right. This is who I am. Or the person, which I'm a little older than y'all, so I, I see it from this vantage point too. Sometimes people need time to kind of grow into that. Like every, not like, too much. <laughs> not no, no, too no, much not, time. No, no, no. no. I, don't, I don't mean time. I don't mean time in the relationship. Yeah. I mean, they need time on their own. Oh, yeah. Like, they need time to work on themselves to understand, like, hey, I'm not patient. Mm-hmm. And if I want to have a successful relationship, I need to learn how to be patient. Because yes. it's never going to work with anybody. It don't matter who I try to be with. Yeah. They're going to expect that from me. I don't like to compromise. I'm, I want. I was the only child. I want everything to be my way. You need to learn that it ain't going to work mm-hmm. that way. Or you might develop codependency because you're going to get somebody who doesn't have... They suppress their own needs and wants to make you happy. Yeah. But again, that can't be sustained forever. Not healthily. There's always going to be a trade-off there. And so... And I love the fact that you guys are putting this stuff out there because this is exactly why I'm trying to touch on these things. Like we, that's why I meant earlier when I said like, we just jump into stuff. We don't like oh, lay yeah, down those expectations and say like, hey, I'm looking for this. I need this. Do you want to give me that? And if they say no, we're moving on respectfully mm-hmm. on both sides. Not because... We don't want to put in the effort. It's not about like, could they be this person? Sure. But their timing matters too. They may not be the person I want them to be at the time that I need them to be. Because yeah. I need you to be ready now, Elizabeth. I don't need you to be ready in three years. And if you're saying, I don't want children. And I'm saying, hey, that's important to me. And you're like, I'm working on my career. The longer I'm investing my time in you, I am going to be the one disappointed because you're still doing what you wanted to do. Yep. I'm the one sitting over here like month goes by, years go by, and I'm like, you ready yet? (laughs) Come on. I'm not getting any younger here. That doesn't set us up for success. So that's what I mean when I say I want us to be more intentional about actually articulating these points to people that we want to take serious because then we're going to get a more honest representation of the people who want to mirror what we're trying to put out there but if i'm just like like you said earlier joy if i if the standard's really low and everybody can kind of jump in and kind of give it give them a chance could it work possibly is it probable that it would work probably not right because i'm not doing enough of a filtering to make sure that these are the quality and the type of people that can give me what i want when i need it What do you think? No, I agree. I it's it expectations. It's interesting because, like I said before, um, my expectations are be different than yours, and mm-hmm. vice versa. And that's where communicating is a big deal. And when Absolutely. you use the example of like, well, I want kids, and the person's like, well, I'm focused on my career now. It's like one person is going to continue while I'm doing their thing, and the person's going to be in the back like. When is it? When is it our turn or my turn? Right. And I know like relationships are a lot of like a push and pull and compromise, but 
like we said earlier, like there are deal breakers. Absolutely. And I think you have to be honest with yourself, even though it's going to be really painful and be like, I want children. This individual, I don't know, probably not, probably will. But again, those probablys, mm-hmm. like, you know. But they didn't give me that. a definitive yes. Yeah. Because one thing to say, yes, I want children. Just give me a year working at this job. That's, that's different. That's good communication. Yeah. Because now I can develop yeah. an expectation. Saying, oh, I don't know, work my career. What does one do with that? So I think, <laughs> I think, exactly. I think you have to be honest with yourself. Like, um, for me in that previous um, situation. Yeah, in the previous situation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just using uh, your words. Um, I never told that individual until the end what I truly wanted, and that's mm-hmm. on me. Can you say that again, please? I never told that individual <laughs> what I wanted until and, when. Until it ended. Okay. Until it was obvious that it was it was done. Do you think it w- it would be better for us to to reverse that? A hundred thousand percent. <laughs> <laughs> but I was too scared, and that's a lesson too. Wait, wait, hold on. I want to stay with that because we were talking about fear earlier. Yeah. I, I think of everything in themes. Why were you afraid to say that? Um, because I'm not used to being vulnerable with um, the people that I date. Mm, oh, 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 hold on, hold on. <laughs> I got to repeat that. So she said she's not used to being vulnerable with the people that she dates. So that's the premise. It's like Survivor out here. Okay. <laughs> you have to like... So this is good because you both are kind of giving me similar impressions right now on this topic. Oh, oh. No, no, making impressions. No, no, it's not a bad thing. No, no, we're just, no, I'm just, I'm just no, listening. No, I know. Yeah, yeah. Just listening, just listening. Because you're saying things like Survivor. We're talking about fear. You're saying I can't be vulnerable. You said I can't be vulnerable. What's the purpose of being in a relationship? Oh, God. To, to, to be vulnerable. <laughs> no, is, is that you saying that? Or is that because you think that's what I want to hear? No, I think the purpose of a relationship is to share your life with someone and to, to have those emotional, deep conversations with and, you know, to, to have, honestly, like a best friend, but mm-hmm. a romantic partner, like... That's probably, at least my, in my opinion, in my viewpoint, the okay. point of it. Okay. Joy, what's the purpose of being in a relationship? <laughs> For you. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I'm just asking. I mean, I guess I don't really have a definition right now because I'm not necessarily looking. Well, if you, if you were. Like, I what, think... Why would you want to seek somebody out? I think support unconditional support somebody that's going to root for you mm-hmm. and somebody that's that's going to be there regardless of things are how things are looking if things are going well or not i think somebody just you want consistency or at least for me yeah so at least that would be my purpose for a relationship is you know sharing your life with someone but someone that that is going to support you unconditionally okay and I hear, the, I hear the stability part. So you said something, and I hear you didn't touch on the same thing. Do you believe you need to be able to be vulnerable to have that relationship grow and be stable? Yeah. Absolutely. Is it easy? No. But do you believe it's necessary? Yeah. Okay. The reason why I brought that up is because when you mentioned it a moment ago, you said, but I don't do that. So that's sort of a contradiction. <laughs> oh, I'm full of them. 
<laughs> no, but I'm, I'm just, I'm, but I'm making. You the sound point. like my therapist now. Yeah, <laughs> I promise I'm not, I'm not. I'm not trying to be. No, no and I get what you're saying. No, I mean, because dating. So dating now. This is my perspective of dating now. Oh god, I've been dating for a couple of years now. Um, I love the sound effects, Joy. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it has its good, it has its bad. Are there good people out there dating? Yes, of course, hundred percent. Um, Mixed bag. But the reason why I say survivor is that you have a lot of people who are dating with like an insecure attachment style who um, don't mm-hmm. who don't um, view themselves in a in a high regard and sometimes don't view others in a high regard. And so with that, sometimes it comes like a lot of games, a lot of toxicity. Like I'm like I said, like I'm 23 years old. I've been dating since honestly I was like 20 years old. Okay. Um, I was a late bloomer, and that's okay. <laughs> that's hey, fine. Listen, you, listen, you're, in my you, scope, in my to me, scope. you're you're right where you're supposed to. In my scope, totally fine. right? Totally fine. And um, like I said, like there's good and in, in it, but there's also a lot of games that come into to dating, unfortunately. Can and be. when there can be, when you don't want to participate in that, you're often left alone, and so that sure. can also be really difficult too. So Respect. it's it's really hard to date, honestly. No, I agree, and I I will add to that because I think it's not only is it challenging because some people aren't ready. Like I I would distill it down to that. I think there's a lot of people that are not ready, that so like try to make it appear that they are, but they're not because they have a lot of things that they need to deal with. Yeah. Like I was saying earlier, like you can you can be a better version of yourself before you try to put yourself out there. That's that's been my lived experience, and a lot of the clients that I've talked to. Um, are sometimes very, I don't want to say frustrated, very discouraged. That's the word to use. That the people that they want, they can't find because of the experiences that they have. Whether it's, and it could just be one. It may not be like you have five negative experiences. It could just be one. But what I say is that I think, this is just my opinion, I think the reason why a lot of it happens is because even in our discussion we're having right now, I think we operate without very clear objectives of what it is that we're trying to do. Oh yeah. Like I uh, I used to work in higher ed. I used to be an advisor as well. So I kind of think of it in terms of when you go to pursue a career, right? You work with an advisor, why? Cuz you need a path and you need a plan to get where you're trying to go. Right? That's that fair? Yeah. But I think when it comes to dating, there is no path we're just it's almost like if i blindfolded you and just started throwing darts on a on a board Mm -hmm. let's see what happens let's go on the roulette table and to me it's very obvious that those are the big reason why we have the experiences that we do because again i think we don't operate intentionally to do things like date we don't intentionally communicate we don't intentionally lay down our boundaries and our deal breakers we don't do any of that stuff intentionally and yet we're surprised that we get upset and this isn't like me talking to you all this is me making a a, a bigger discussion I think that is a big reason why we find ourselves sort of on these uh, hamster wheels and we're like why is this situation happening again and how come this person behaved the same way I think we need to reflect and look honestly and say listen what am I doing in terms of putting out there clearly what I want? And when, like you said earlier, when somebody says they don't want to give it to me, it stops right there. Yeah. 
There's no like, I'm going to continue to engage because you've already made it clear you don't want to give me that. Yeah. I'm not going to change your mind. Yeah. And I don't want to change your mind. I want you to want what I want when I want it too. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Totally, yeah. And I and, and that's the goal, right? To like be in that mindset. And it took for me a lot a lot of um heartbreak and a lot of disappointment that sometimes i put on myself sure many of us do yeah you're not by yourself um and then it wasn't until i realized wait why should i mold what i want someone to what joy was saying like why should i mold what i want to what you want like i matter too of course. And what I what I want matters, but to get to that point, unfortunately, at least in my experience, I had to go through a lot, and I wish I didn't have to. I wish I just kind of knew that. I agree. And listen, <laughs> but, I, I'm saying these things not because I always knew. Oh yeah, yeah. I had to get hurt a lot too. Yeah. And the reason why we're talking about it, because I want them to learn, mm-hmm. right? Because a lot of us, we don't have people telling us this information we don't have good role models we don't have the best examples we don't have individuals that we actually engage in these type of discussions with so then where the hell do you learn it from you don't you learn the hard way yeah and some people don't recover from those some people give up they're like i have one bad experience that's all there is so then i'm just going to withdraw and i that makes me sad because those people i don't think anybody goes through life I don't care how introverted you are. Everybody wants somebody. I don't think we're meant to go through life on our own. But when I have these experiences, like you said earlier, if I feel like I'm getting burned all the time, I might start making those type of assumptions. Well, you're all going to be this way anyway. So why waste my time? Now, that's not true. But if I feel like the summary of all this or the culmination of all this experience is, yeah, that's what it is out here, then maybe I'm just going to withdraw and just give up. Yeah. And I think it's important to take a break from dating when needed, if that's like what you really need. But I told myself, like, I'm not going to stop trying to get what I want, Mm -hmm. even though I've been burnt so many times. Every single time I've been burnt, it's been a learning lesson, too. Of course. And so, you know, I'm I don't ever want to feel like. Even though, like, I, I do feel it sometimes, but I don't ever want, like, a, my core belief to be, like, this is such a waste of time. Mm. Dating is such a waste of time. And trust me, I've had those thoughts many, many, many times. I think many of us have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I never wanted to turn into, like, something I 100% believe in because, to me, like, dating is important. And I want to continue doing it. So. I agree. I want to I wanna come back to you, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pivot for a moment because we've hit on a lot of good things already. <laughs> Again, I mentioned in the beginning that you two are, are coming into my field. So I'm going to start with you, Joy. Why did you decide to come into this field? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, I think my, my original reason for coming into this field was I wanted to be the person that I needed. I needed somebody that time that my mom was gone and I kind of felt like my house was a war zone. That's what it felt like. And I felt like my my ethnicity is a big part of my identity and my culture and who I am. And I think finding somebody that can relate to me on that level is very hard to find. Sure. Um, 
so originally I came in for that reason. I wanted okay. to be somebody, I wanted to be the person that I needed and I couldn't find. Then um, under my undergrad, during my undergrad, I decided kids are freaking awesome. I think they're so cool and they're incredibly resilient. Oh yeah. And they they can bounce back with the right intervention. And so learning more about that and I think we don't give kids enough credit in my opinion. I think they're way smarter than we think. <laughs> way smarter than what we think. So I really wanted to change that direction and be I wanted to work with kids that really need my help. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. So <clears throat> early intervention and especially children that come from broken families, I think, was like my biggest thing because I think we don't address childhood trauma enough until it's too late. Oh, yeah. Until they're coming to see us in their like 20s and 30s and they're mm-hmm. like, well, this is what happened and I thought this was normal. Oh, yeah. Now it's showing up in places that I've never expected. So being there on the front end to avoid issues on the back end where it's like to be preventive in the short term absolutely i love that answer i mean i mean to me i wish everybody would be proactive in taking care of themselves or recognizing faults sometimes which is really hard with the way we were raised exactly like i said that's i know that that's really hard because that's the only thing you have to compare to yeah, that's so hard. It's, it's hard to like, well, that's what it was, but I guess this is how it kind of could have been. So <laughs> where's the middle? Yeah. It, it's hard to put it's your hard. finger on that. And um, yeah, I've had the fortune of working with a lot of kids that have been like removed from homes or for, or for a variety of different reasons. Mm-hmm. And um, Aren't they awesome though? No, they are. They're so cool. They are. And, and despite, despite what they go through. Yeah. You know? And that's I, the biggest thing. I have similar feelings in that same regard because not that I was the exact type of ones that I worked with before but I was one of those kids so I can see myself in them because I understand what that's like to try to have to overcome things in general like a lot of us do that are out of your control again like what's going on with your family what's going on with your uh do you have home insecurity food insecurity is there financial stability like there's all these things that like you're not supposed to really be thinking about but you got to think about because some of us don't have those things so trying to put all that in perspective i think it's great that you would try to target that particular demographic because i would agree if we intervened with them sooner they wouldn't have some of the same challenges that we do right the only other thing i would couple with that that's not a therapy thing but that's a parent thing for those of us that want to be parents is those are things that we need to work on so when they're growing up like i said earlier like they're growing up with healthier examples yeah right because then if you learn and you're doing your own inner work throughout that time before you become a parent you're inevitably going to be a better parent Mm -hmm. not because there's some book that told you how to do it you just you understand things that you need to pay attention to you understand the level of communication that needs to be done the expectations that need to be clearly articulated you understand how to do those things because you've been working on that yourself then you practice it with your partner then you do it with your children so you're just you're matching it all across the board so to me, like that's the other half of that, where we can be more proactive to not have more traumatized children that need to go seek out therapy in the first place. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what about you? Sense. What was your reason for why you wanted to come into the mental health field? Um, I always enjoyed learning about psychology. I thought the human brain was really interesting. I was always curious about why humans do 
the things that they do. So, yeah, so I got my undergrad in psych, and then I was like, well, I really want to be a therapist. It was it was just kind of like, I, I, really, I want to really dive into this. I'm fascinated about, about it. Um, so I just kind of, I went for it. And I surprisingly... I've been to a couple of therapists mm. and not one of them has been Hispanic mm. and I live in Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, not, it's, it's not like there's not any, I've worked with Hispanic counselors, but they've never been my counselor. Oh. And, um, I think it's important for representation as well. Absolutely. So I think that's important cause it's true. Like I would have loved to talk to someone a couple, like, you know, a couple of years ago when I was going through a hard time and mm. that kind of could relate to me. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I will always agree. Representation does matter. And, yeah. you know, certain cultural communities we come from, like we said earlier, it's not really a thing. So then you can't be surprised like that. Yeah, there's not the, I would kind of say it's more of a function of the demand. Like if people don't understand that it's normal to do that, then you're not going to, no, people aren't going to, like parents are not going to suggest that you go to school and study that. They're going to say, like, go be a doctor, go be a lawyer, because those are acceptable professions in their eyes. Yeah. But if they don't understand the concept of therapy and how it could be beneficial, they're not going <laughs> to encourage you to be like, you should go do that job, but I don't even understand what you do. Yeah. They're yeah. not going to even recommend that, you know? And, like, for me, I was, like, asking that question because, like, I got into it. I didn't even go into it and immediately from undergrad thinking that that's what I was going to do. Mm. It was kind of a roundabout approach, but I remembered later in life some of the experiences I had with therapists growing up but I started really really young so yeah. I didn't really understand or appreciate what they did because I just didn't really understand the context of what they were doing but when I started going in my early 20s then I was like oh that's when like real challenging happened like why do you think that this is true yeah because that's what I experienced but why do you think that that's true is that is it absolutely true because you went through that mm -hmm. yeah I guess what if I told you it might not be true and I'm like <laughs> Now I'm trying to, you know, now I'm starting to explore and realizing like, oh, there's some things that I've held as core beliefs, like you said, that maybe aren't accurate. Mm -hmm. So to me, like that's one of those beautiful things that we can walk through in that journey with people. But the representation to me is most important as well, because a lot of times people don't seek out the help because they want to see somebody that looks like them. That yeah. might understand a bit about that lived experience, not because people from different backgrounds can't relate, because that's not true. But we also got to be real. It is a bit easier. I know men who would prefer to talk to men. They prefer to have a male therapist, not because a woman couldn't work with them through their experience. Sometimes there's shame. Sometimes there's embarrassment, depending on what they want to talk about. And even if the woman, the female therapist sits across and says, I promise you, I'm not judging you. In their head, they're feeling like, man, if I tell her that she's going to laugh at me, so I'm just going to keep it to myself. But then they sit with me and they're like, yeah, man, you know, so when it comes to relationships or when it comes to intimacy, like, you know, some things don't go well and, and I feel the kind of way about it and I don't really know what to do with that. So we can actually explore it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I think the representation matters because it helps people connect with you, which you re we are the avatars of therapy, mm -hmm. right? We represent that for some people. Yeah. So they see that and they're like, oh, I saw Joy. So then, and I'm Korean, so she said... It's okay to do it. So now I feel like it's okay to talk to somebody about it, whether it's with her or another person. Same for you. So I think that that can be a really good benefit for those of us that not just doing the work, but then even what we're doing here and talking about it in a public forum. Because we're also normalizing it for everybody that's watching and listening to this right now. Because they're like, I see myself in Joy. I see myself in Elizabeth. They see themselves in me. 
and that might prompt or encourage them to go out and start that process of healing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, I love the responses. I think it's just good that you know that number one, it's bigger than you, but you want to walk with people through those really challenging experiences that they're going through. That to me is, it's sometimes the most uncomfortable, but it's also the most beautiful because you understand that it is a privilege that somebody lets you in going back to what we were talking about earlier about vulnerability. It is a privilege, not just in therapy in general, when somebody lets you in, you have us honor that because they might not, that you might be the one person they tell that they don't tell that to anybody else. Right. So you want to you want to sit with them and appreciate them and help encourage them to draw more of that out and not say make them feel bad about it or discourage them from wanting to share further. Right. So that's something that we can take forward, you know, in you guys, this type of clinical work. Now, I want to go circle back a little bit to the relationship dynamic, but go back in your minds to when you were in a relationship. At that time, and I don't know if you had an issue with it, but I'm putting it out there because I've seen this particular issue rise recently. Do you think you ever had an issue or a challenge with if you were getting enough validation from your partner, enough affirmation from your partner, enough appreciation and acknowledgement from your partner? Or if you didn't, did you seek it elsewhere, perhaps in a social media platform? (laughs) Take a second if you need to digest that. Um, I don't think I've gotten a lot of validation from my partners Mm. and that definitely, uh, took a toll on me. Mm. So I don't think I received, yeah, I definitely did not receive a lot of validation from, from partners. Okay. And did I seek it out on social media per se? No. No. But when it ended, there's dating apps. Sure. So then you just. I mean, that's not technically social media, but but uh, let's roll with that for media, a second because that's yeah. a good point. Talk to me. So what did you feel like you were getting from those? Maybe after the breakup. I mean, it's well. There has to be someone else out there, right? So just keep searching for someone else that I connect with. Yeah, like kind of what Joy was saying <laughs> earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I, I think validation is really important in a relationship. I know that it is, and I just don't think that I've received it from the people that I've that I've dated so much. Okay. Yeah. So. Before I come to you, let me ask you one more follow-up question. Did you ever express to them that you were not getting in it in the way that you wanted it? No. You see, like I I, I had an issue with that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, and I appreciate the honesty. Yeah, I, I had a huge issue with that. And, or when I did, I would say it jokingly because I didn't want it to being, get... Being very passive-aggressive. Yeah, like, which is so funny for me because I'm so not that. But with my, with, with some of the men that I've dated, I have been. Yeah. And um, they would kind of get it. And I'm like, oh, like, I'm so sorry. Like, yeah, like, you know, I, I like you. Like, you're so, you know, complimenting me. Mm-hmm. But um, I always felt that they didn't, they didn't do it because they meant it sometimes. Yeah. Wait, okay. I got to ask you one more follow-up. I need to ask you the same question, though. Okay. Because I've I've raised this question before, too. And I think this is more, this is just my opinion. I think this is more of a, a female challenge than a male challenge. In my experience, men are, we're very direct. So 
when you want something from us, you need to look at us and you need to tell us that you want that. But in my experience with a lot of women, they like to leave what I would call the breadcrumb trail, where they want to kind of lead you to the thing that they want you to do. And for them, it feels more (laughs) authentic if you figure it out than if they have to sit you down and say, hey, I need this from you. I would appreciate if you did this for me, right? That's been my experience. But let me ask the, the question now. What would be more impactful for you would it be the sort of the roundabout approach of talking about it and hoping that he's going to somehow figure it out one day or dealing with the initial discomfort of actually having to approach him and tell him this, but ultimately getting what you want? Definitely dealing with the discomfort and ultimately getting what I want for sure. Yeah. So answer B for you. Answer B. Okay. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> I'm jumping to you now. Um, honestly, in my first relationship, I didn't get a lot of validation and I asked for it. How did you ask for it? I was pretty direct. I was more of like, like, hey, like... Grab the face and it's like, listen. Listen. I need this <laughs> from you. I really like, like, grab their face. Are they working? Are the ears working? Yeah. No, I... It was more of like, hey, like, this is bothering me. I would really appreciate if you could do X, Y, Z, because it would make me feel more appreciated, blah, 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 whatever. Okay. Did it really happen? Not consistently, and if it did happen, it felt more like... Forced? Yeah, it was not genuine. It was more of like, it sucks that I had to ask you. I wish you would be able to feel like you could validate me because you are with me and you want to be with me. Sure. So that was that was a really big issue for me in that first relationship. I'm in a situation now where... I'm not getting constant validation in that way, but it's not something that I feel like I'm lacking either. Like I feel very secure in the relationship. I don't feel like it's missing anything. I don't feel like I need to ask him for validation. Mm. And I also don't feel like there's too little of it or whatever the case may be. Mm. I think he shows up in other ways where I don't, I don't need that. That's interesting you say that, because I was thinking um, while you were making that point, because you both you both talked about, like, to me, it sounds like it clearly does matter. Yes. <laughs> and I don't think that it's, it's anything wrong with it mattering. I think both men and women, even when you talk about validating, you can interpret it also as just general appreciation and acknowledgement mm-hmm. for the things that you do. I think that we, we both want the same things, but I want to stick back to the, yeah, but we don't always talk about it. Or we don't present it in the in the clearest way to make sure it's being understood. And then if I do talk about it and they don't do it consistently, you said, right? To me, when I hear that, that goes back to the idea of like, who am I dealing with? Oh, yeah. Because if I'm dealing with somebody who wants to take this relationship seriously, when I tell them like, hey, I need you to work on this, they understand that I need to improve in this area and I'm choosing to work on it. Not because she told me to, not because she forced me to, because you can't. Mm-hmm. I'm making the conscious choice because she made me aware that she feels that it is lacking in that area. Mm-hmm. However, if I'm dealing with somebody who doesn't want to take this relationship very seriously, we can throw out terms like situationships. Those literally operate without expectation. 
So if I'm not being clear about the things that I want and I don't have any expectation on the table of where we want this thing to go, number one, I might not raise the issue of validation because I might feel like, well, that's kind of doing too much and this isn't supposed to be that anyway. This is supposed to be very lighthearted. Yes. Also, <laughs> also, if I do raise it and he doesn't give it to me, oh yeah, but what if I'm disappointed because I told him I needed it and he didn't give it to me, like you mentioned. I would say, but it goes back to the person that you chose. Yeah, I shouldn't have chose. I shouldn't have consistently chosen that person. I'm quick to say that. Which is fair. I mean, again, I, I don't think that this is. Um, I'm not Mister Know Everything. I'm more like, hey, I've observed a lot and I've felt a lot of this stuff, and I've seen how we just kind of, again, we just jump into things. Mm-hmm. And it, and it, once I've taken that step back, it's truly fascinating to me. And I'm going to use this word. Nobody has to agree with this word, but I'm going to use this word that we delude ourselves (laughs) into thinking that this is going to turn into something real. Yeah. Again, even just the idea, like we were saying earlier of a situation ship, how in the hell is that going to turn into a real relationship down the road? Yeah. I'm literally going into with the idea that this is not going to be serious. Mm -hmm. So why would it ever morph into that? You know what I mean? Because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put expectations on there. I'm not gonna put enforce boundaries because I just want you to be there in whatever capacity you choose to be there. Not because I need this from you. If I put it on there, I'm worried you might leave operating out of fear. So then I'm just gonna sit here and take whatever I can get. And then maybe I'm feeling less than about myself because I'm settling with this person who don't maybe really want to give me what I want. What does that ultimately lead us to? These are the questions that I ask because I make those observations. And my whole point is I want us to be more intentional about everything that we do. So if you want it to work, put it out there. If he's not giving you what you want and you've communicated it clearly and he understands what you want, but he chooses not to give it to you, then walk away. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. 100%. It's hard to walk away, but you have Absolutely. to. That's the hardest part. Yeah, but you have to for sure. Um, I know you're the one asking the questions, but I am you, curious. You can ask the question. Um, Open discussion. Situationships is really popular nowadays. With young people. Delusion Delusionships. Young people. Delusion Yeah, we're calling them delusionships. We're going to copyright that. Hashtag delusionships. Do you not think that situationships could be beneficial if both individuals are not seeking a relationship let me ask you a follow-up question i need to put a little more context okay so we're going to define a little bit because this is this is good therapy practice like you every time people use words like we don't have the same meaning so we need to define what it means <laughs> yeah. what does the situation should mean to you a situation ship means to me is two people who do like each other. Mm. They're not seeing anybody else. In what capacity do they like each other? Um, they're romantically linked. But in what way? How are they How are they they're, finding each other desirable they're, or attractive? They're physically intimate with each other. There you go. And they care for each other. Sure. But both individuals don't want a relationship at this time. Okay. And they're not seeing other people? And they're not seeing other people. Because I think... Um, so I think friends with benefits or so hookups or hookups are 
It's a free for all. That's I casual. So, That's, so, I don't think situationships. I beautiful. Think, yeah. No, I love it. I love okay. it. Okay. No, because no, because no, no, no. We're showing. I, I, I need, I'm just curious I, what you think. I need a whiteboard because we're we're about, to, we're about to show levels to this. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just curious. Well, no, because you, you, you just broke hard. it down. This yeah. is why dating's so hard. You you just broke it down. So you said hookups and friends with benefits is a free for all, right? So there's no expectation that like if I'm if I'm sleeping with you, I can sleep with you too. Yeah. Friends with benefits, hookups. Yeah. Situationship, one on one. Yeah, it's like a relationship, but without um, the title. So you go call each other boyfriend and girlfriend. Okay. But there is a level of I care for you. Okay. And they're but, exclusive. But I am not ready for you. Okay. That's what I think a situationship is in my point of view. A situationship. A situationship. Okay. Yeah. All right. So now we have more context. So yeah. to me, I'm going to ask you another question, but I'm going to give you my answer. I don't think it can lead to a healthy relationship. And this is the biggest reason why. Okay. Because number one, and I'm going to ask you guys to clarify because I'm not a woman. In my experience with the woman that I've worked with and that I've spoken to in my life, both personally and professionally, I don't know any women who can sleep with men and not develop attachment over time. <laughs> okay. How did I know that that's what was about to be said? That's a very common thought yeah I'm, I'm i'm not saying that they don't exist i'm saying that's been my experience no, i've, I've never experience. i've never spoken to one that is like i can do this indiscriminately for the rest of my life not saying that they're going to a long period of time right mm -hmm. for a long period of time like I, okay. I can be with this person with this person with this person but the but the contrary i know plenty of men mm -hmm. where and i'm i've been one before how dare you? <laughs> right? <laughs> Full transparency. Um, that it, it's not, and I don't mean it, it's not in a disrespectful way. I'm saying that there's no emotional attachment. No, I understand. You can be physically intimate and there's no attachment there. It's just, it was for that moment. But I don't know if that works on the other side. I would like for you all to illuminate to me. <laughs> Is that possible? Our friend, our friend calls it just—it's just a workout. It's just exercise. <laughs> um, so I love that we're talking about this. So, like, um, a situationship uh, can be very. I'm trying to process what I want to say. That's okay. I don't know if you want to go first, then I go, or if you also want to process um, it. Cause I want to say like I mean, what I truly think. That's okay. Yeah, I, I would yeah. love for you to. Yeah. Well, I just don't think I could really speak on it because I've never really done the casual dating. So you're so, so you're for sure like you're a typical monogamous person. You you're only gonna be with one person at a time. I mean, I couldn't really give a concrete answer on that because I mean, people can change their minds. I could change my mind. No, no. I mean, I based think, on your experience. I don't mean like um, how you feel for. I mean, based on what you've gone through so far. Do you typically date? one person at a time or you date multiple people or well I haven't been dating that long no I mean just <laughs> no fair, just an experience so, that you have um I probably could you think you could I probably could I, I probably would want to if I was in a position where I was just casually dating people but I I mean but you don't seek that out I don't seek that out because that hasn't fallen into my lap so like after this is probably like too much personal information but like after my breakup I took a very 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 long time to myself where I wasn't dating anybody I wasn't on dating apps I wasn't looking yeah I met somebody whatever didn't 
it wasn't what I wanted, whatever. Mm-hmm. And now I'm in a situation where, I guess a situationship where we're like exclusive. So we aren't seeing other people. Mm. And if I, if I had more time and I really was just dying to see other people and the other person also wanted to, then we would be in the friends with benefits category. And sure. I could see other people just as much as the other person wants to see other people. And, and I'm going to come back to you, but I, I want to expand on that point. Cause this is why I think this is where I think the thinking gets flawed. Cause you said, <laughs> So I'm in a situationship, but then I'm going to go back to what you said earlier. But you talked about, we've all talked about vulnerability, Mm -hmm. but you talked about stability and security. Mm -hmm. Do you think it is advantageous for you to try to get somebody to provide that for you? I'm not saying that you can't do it Mm -hmm. for yourself. Mm -hmm. I'm saying in a relationship, the man has to provide 50% of that at least for the relationship. And then you do the other. Mm -hmm. If you know you want those things. Right. right for the long term okay do you think it is in your best interest to go about it the way that you are because you have no commitment you don't really have any type of structure for how the relationship would be because we're not even using the words are we talking about me? situationships versus committed monogamous relationships are you talking about my experience currently or my yes. general thought right now yes currently because you, you just okay. you just you just gave me the side of because yeah. she brought up situationship, right? Okay. And then you said, I'm in one. Yes. And then we talked earlier about how you said, I need things like stability mm-hmm. and security mm-hmm. so I can be vulnerable. And it's already hard for me to be vulnerable. And I'm already guarded, right? You're challenging me. Correct. Okay. So what I'm saying is, if you say you want those <laughs> things, but you're putting yourself in the context of a, a person where I can't get that from them because I won't even define what we're doing. Because so, we, we're not even going to be definitively boyfriend and girlfriend. We're just like, yeah. we're going with the flow, but yet we're not dealing with other people. So we're in this pseudo in-between realm. So at least my personal experience currently right now, mm-hmm. the only reason why we haven't put a label on it is because the future is unpredicted and as it is always the job like he's in a weird position of looking for a job that could take him anywhere across the country okay and we aren't really people that believe in long distance at least like on the west coast to here or anything like that sure, so sure. from my understanding and from our conversations mm-hmm. that's what it is we've had conversations where we're like I'm really into you. I really like you. I would like to be in a relationship with you if things work out and puts us in a place where we can be in a stable relationship without, Mm. you know, some kind of hurdle. Stay there. Don't you think you're leaving a lot up to chance in the fact that you're saying, depending on if you get a job elsewhere, Mm -hmm. we're effectively not going to be able to work because we both agree that we can't have a long-term, a long-distance relationship. Right. Slightly different perspective. If you both agree, and I'm not saying that you both, because I don't know you. If you both agree that you want to be with each other, why would that matter? I mean, I'm just, I think there's a, there's a different level of situationship and relationship, and Precisely. we're not here yet. Precisely. So not okay. So I, I think we're following the same train of thought now. Okay. What I'm saying is, and again, this is just my perception. It doesn't yeah. mean I'm right. I'm just giving my perception. Sure. It sounds like you're leaving a lot of things up to chance, happen chance, or happenstance, where 
if you happen to get the right job that happens to let you stay here, then we can happen to maybe work it out and we can happen to maybe be together. That's so much unpredictability. That's so much opportunity for variation that doesn't have to be there. But based on what we've been discussing, it sounds like it could be. I'm not saying it is. It sounds like it could be. When, we, when I was saying earlier about timing matters, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes it's the right people, but the time ain't right. Being honest, it sounds like the timing's not right. Not because I think the timing's wrong. Because of what you said you needed. Mm-hmm. You said, I need security, stability. I need predictability. But I'm being myself and I'm putting myself in a situation that gives me none of that. So I don't have those, ex- I ha- those expectations are not expectations that I have for a situationship. So, okay, so let me go back. See, now, I, I love that we're, finding the tra- we're following the train there's of thought. There's a different set of expectations. Of course, of course. My, my point would be is that there's no expectations. That's why we're in a situation. That's my premise. But, okay. But no, but let's say like, again, there's different levels to it. Do you believe that the situationship can evolve into a relationship? Yes, I do. How? I think people change their minds and I think, I mean, I can't speak from personal experience. I haven't had a situationship turn into a relationship, but I'm sure, sure there becomes a, there's a mutual agreement that you want more. You want to give more. You want to receive more. You want to be fully committed and fully invested in. Okay. Follow up to that. What about all the time you invest in between now and then? What if they ultimately do not decide to have, have and want the same thing that you want? Right. But that's a risk that comes with dating. People change their minds all the time. With a relationship, that's a risk. I would make the point to you, I think it's unnecessary risk with a situationship because you're not going into it with the idea that we both know we already want to make this commitment to each other. We already made this decision right off the bat. I know that I like you. I know that I like the direction that we're moving in. We're expressing the things that we want Mm -hmm. and we've already agreed that all that is on the table. Right. So we're not waiting to then determine if we want to make that commitment because we've already invested all this time in between now and then, which is gonna do what? It's gonna make it inevitably harder if we do have to separate and we ultimately choose not to be together to your point because you said sometimes we're not hearing these people depending on if they don't want the same things that we want or they don't want it at the same time that we want so my point i'm trying to get to with you is that what if you're investing all this time into this person and and they ultimately decide they don't want to be there don't you think it might be in your better interest because of the things that you say that you want? Don't you think it would be in your better interest to make sure you already are in alignment with those things? We already have the commitment, not waiting to, to create commitment later after there's already emotional connection and attachment. Okay. Do you get what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. I think where I'm at, at my age, I haven't really dated. And I think every dating relationship situationship is a learning experience so i don't really see it as like wasted time okay is it gonna hurt anytime anything ends for sure of course is it painful absolutely Mm -hmm. does anybody want to go through it no no but i think if we 
put ourselves in a position where we are scared of being hurt, the fear of being mm-hmm. hurt, then we don't get a chance to learn. We don't get a chance to connect with people and just enjoy other people's company. So that part in me, at least, is like the optimist in me. is like, mm. maybe this doesn't work out, but as of right now, I'm really happy. I like you. The company is great. And I have a good time connecting with you. Whatever happens, we figure it out from there. But right now, to be in the here and now, mm. to enjoy this moment and learn okay, these are now the standards that I have. This has been emulated to me. This has been given to me. Now I know what to accept and not anything lower. Sure. I'm, I'm going to come back to you. I want to make one last point. Just that last thing that you said. Because I think this is a function of, of age. Probably. And just experience. Just experience. <laughs> and everybody has different experience. It's not right or wrong. Because you talked about hurt, right? And we and we've or we've talked about her, and a big a big priority and reason why I have people here and talk about this stuff is because I want us to learn, and I want us to learn the easy way. Because I know, the more hurt you get, the less likely you're gonna allow other people to come in. You get what I'm saying? So if I'm always making the hard lesson, at some point I might try to stop learning because that's all I might think that there is out there. Mm-hmm. It's hurt. Correct. It's like if you get hurt, like you said earlier, if I get hurt enough times, I might say something like, like all, all men cheat. are filling the blank. Yeah. Because that's my, my experience and I'm not understanding the choices that I have made have put me in the position to get that outcome. So what I'm saying to you, I'm trying to impress upon you, just experience. Experience and learning is not bad. Of course, you're absolutely right. But you're saying it doesn't have to come with hurt. It doesn't have to be. Well, there's going to be situations where we're going to get hurt. Right. What I would say, though, is that especially just the little bit that you've given me already in our time talking, you don't need additional hurt because it's already hard enough. You already have enough challenge, like you, you said, to connect with people. So the more hurt that gets in, uh, introduced into my life, the less likely I'm going to want to allow you in, like any new person, right? Hypothetically, if it doesn't work. So instead of going back to your point, now I'm going to come to you with situationships. Why do I think they can't work in the long term? Because there are no expectations. We're not talking about the real stuff. And there's a lot of reasons why we're not doing it. Maybe we don't think we're worth it. Maybe we're not ready. Maybe we think that's what we have to settle for. There's a lot of reasons. My point to you, to both of you, excuse me, would be if we don't set expectations and we're not clear about them, we're inevitably setting ourselves to more than likely get disappointed, which can also include being hurt. Okay, I see your point. But I would like to hear what you think. I know we just went on a No, it's it's long listen, it's totally fine. Um I think so going back to what you said originally when you were talking to your female friend mm-hmm. about um she does not believe that any woman that she knows could sleep with someone long term mm-hmm. and like, you know, not develop feelings. Right. Um I think women are sexual beings, just like men, of course. And I do think I know that women 
can do that. Okay. I think what messes it up <laughs> and what gives us hurt is when we set up expectations mm. that shouldn't be there to begin with. For sure. example, a friends with uh, not even that uh, a hookup. Hook sure. That's what we do. I know your name, maybe your occupation, but that's what we do. Right. We don't talk about your family. We don't talk about the trauma you've been through. We don't have conversations like this. I think it messes up people when you try to make something more than what it really is. Boom. Misrepresentation. If I'm hooking up with someone and he starts talking about really really personal things with me mm-hmm. me and you know because I, I i i'm not going to just be like you can't talk about that with me because right. you know i'm also interested <laughs> in what he you know what he has to say because sure. I, i'm you know i'm the I, i'm the type of person where if somebody's crying in front of me i'm going to ask what's wrong you know sure. Sure. um i'm going to be emotionally invested mm-hmm. Because I know myself and I know that, oh my God, he's opening up. He's telling me about his poor mom and his dead dog. Of course, I'm going to like care. Right. You see, if you want to just hook up with people, don't act like they're your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your partner or your, even your friend. I even think friends with benefits is a waste of time if you care about that friend long term. I personally have never seen it happen. I could be wrong where friends with benefits goes well in the end because typically one person gets into a relationship and the other person is left alone. Boom. But could could there be a friends with benefits that turns into a relationship? Sure. Possible. The, the two movies that came out about it <laughs> were beautiful stories. So maybe I'm sure it happened. I'm sure somebody out there was it, hooking it up with be. their friend and then ended up being a relationship. And now they're married and have five kids. It could can happen. It could be. But that's an exception to the rule. Thank you. I think people think that there's expect like there, there's exceptions to things. But you're not always the exception. No, the exception to the rule by definition means it's more than likely not going to happen for you. Yeah. That's that's the point. But at the same time, um, I I think if you really like someone and like you really like, you know, want to be with them, I would hope you do say something because mm-hmm. living with that regret of like, oh, like I wish I should have said something mm-hmm. is harder than dealing with the heartbreak. Agreed. You know, and... I mean, and it, and it does happen. You also have to know yourself as an individual. Mm-hmm. Like if you know you're, you, you know, you, you like people really easily and you, you care a lot and you have a big heart and you're sleeping with this person and you're starting to really care for them, mm-hmm. then know yourself, be you know, honest. be honest with yourself. And there's nothing wrong with falling for the person that you're sleeping with. That's normal. But that was the point I was trying to get to. But at the same time, like know yourself. No, it's not I, for everyone. I agree. I would, I, honestly, let's see, now we're, now we're going big picture. I would make the case, um, because I've been through it, that we got to stop doing it. I don't think we as, have to as, stop. As young people. I'm, I'm going to tell you, you don't have to agree. I'm gonna, okay. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm going to tell you my point one okay. on that. Because I think that we, to the point I was trying to make with Joy, I think that we invite in too much opportunity to be hurt. Because if I'm going through life and going through these situations and going through these relationships, if I can't have any real, if I can't really expect any solid commitment from you, other than I can text you sometimes or you can show up sometimes, like that's not real commitment. What are you doing text? Yeah, that's not, that's, that's nothing. I mean, I'm having a bad day. Will you come through? I'm sick. Can you come mm-hmm. make me food? 
Um, I need you to drop me off and take me here. I just lost a loved one. I need somebody to talk to. Like, if we can't talk like that, to me, I, of course, I understand learning experiences. Everything is a learning opportunity. But I would make the case, how many of those opportunities do you want to learn from? Because there is a choice. You can choose, like you said earlier, we can choose to be stubborn and say, I'm going to do it my way because my way is going to work. I've had plenty of people that I've worked with and they're wondering why they're so bitter and they're so jaded about the opposite type of person because they put themselves in these situations repeatedly and they wonder why they're not getting what they want. So from, from what I'm hearing is that you operate from a perspective of why put yourself through more hurt? More hurt? Why not do it the easy way? Well, I'm, I'm saying... I think about things in terms of probability instead of what's possible. Because but, it's possible that things can work, but if the likelihood is not high, mm -hmm. it's not in our best interest. It, it, it's like thinking about things in terms of calculated risk. We take risk in everything that we do. So there's no safe bet, particularly when you're talking about relationships and dating and, and, and things of that nature. There's no safe bet, yeah. Right. But there is such a thing as calculated risk. If I see somebody, let's, let's, let's take a different example. If I see somebody and I say, you know, I want to be married and, and I'm, I'm a woman in this scenario and I want to have, have like two kids and I don't want to have to work. Okay. That's the premise. And I date men, whether situationship, casually committed, whatever. I date men who are unemployed, who don't have goals, who don't have drive, who don't have ambition. Would you say that that is a smart risk to take? No. Why? because she's dating people who are never going to give her that. Right. Yeah, I think, and I totally hear what, what you're saying. And I, and I do agree, don't, if you it's know- okay. no, remember, if you, you don't know, have to agree. I'm just, no, I'm just no, saying no. my points. If Everybody know, can disagree. If you know you want to be in a relationship, why are you dating someone who told you a billion times you don't want to be in a relationship, AKA me? Like, I totally get that. Which again, a lot of us have been there, so. But I think also when it comes to things without a label, some people don't care about labels. Sure. I know individuals who um, have been dating for a while. Mm -hmm. They don't refer to themselves as boyfriend and girlfriend. Some yeah. people have an issue with it. Some people think that that's the dumbest thing they've ever heard. Some people understand mm -hmm. it. I think what's maybe different gener generation-wise, even sure. though you're not that much older, but whatever, no, it's fine. Uh, is that I don't think our generation, Generation Z, cares a lot about labels. And I think that sometimes seeps into our dating life. Do I think that sometimes makes things more complicated? A hundred thousand percent. Do I always think it's the most healthy? No. But I do think that's maybe where our perspectives are different is honestly sure. because I think maybe older generations really value labels. And I just don't think our generation does as much Not like for sexuality, like we're oh, very fluid. All that's very open. We're v yeah. But sometimes, um, speaking personally, sometimes not having expectations can hurt. So, so yeah. I, so I get what you're saying yeah, too. That's because I, I, I but, think again, to Joy's point, I think a lot about predictability. Like a lot of us come from backgrounds where we don't have that stability. So to your point earlier, when you talked about overcompensating, I think the vast majority of us do that, like in our lives, the things that we were missing, we seek out or we become. And I think even for those of us that are parents, like I am, 
you do the things opposite maybe that were done to you. So there's a lot of things I do for my son that my father didn't do for me precisely because I know that I needed that. So I compensate for that, even though it's hard. But the reason why I talk about on the relationship side, and let me, we can take it one step deeper. So, cause we can concede all those points about no labels, no attachment. So this is why I would take it a step deeper to try to make sure, cause to me, it's always about the individual. It's not about my worldview versus yours, yours, right. or anybody's out there. It's ultimately about what do you want and what do you want? Yeah. So let me give another example. If somebody comes to me and they say, I don't know when, but I know ultimately I want to be married and I want children. Okay. And they told me at the same time, I said, okay, excellent. What are you doing to make that happen? And they said, you know, I'm just kind of dating people. You know, we're kind of just going with the flow. No expectations, no labels. We're just kind of seeing what, what happens, right? That's one way to go about it. And age, again, age doesn't matter because it depends on when you want these things, right? And the younger you are, it's pretty understandable that you're not thinking very long term. <laughs> About kids, and, yeah. Yeah, you're mm -hmm. just not. Um, not to say nobody does, but many mm -hmm. don't. But again, for those that do, and they know that they want that, what I would say, the point that I would be trying to make here, and then we can move on, is if I know those are my ultimate goals, just like being a therapist is my ultimate goal, having a private practice is my ultimate goal, there's ways you go about it. If you want something, it doesn't mean there's only one way to do it, right? But there are better ways to get what you want. Is that fair? Okay. Yeah. So if I know that this person wants these things and I'm on, I could be a friend, her brother, or her therapist, I would challenge that point. And I would say, why do you think that's going to increase the chances for you to get that? Don't you, are you not seeing that you're taking like a very roundabout approach to get ultimately to where you want to be? So you're going to date this guy who doesn't want expectations. Mm -hmm. This guy doesn't want expectations. This guy doesn't want a label. This guy just wants to be physically intimate. But you told me you want to be married. You yeah. told me you want kids one day. Why do you think that is going to get you there? And even when you get there, who are you going to be at that time? Because you went through all that damn hurt. You might not even be ready for that man that's ready for you. Because you don't went through so much stuff at that point and you can't even connect with him in the way that you want to because you've allowed yourself to be disrespected and deal with people you probably had no business with. Yeah, like why put yourself through so much hurt? That's my point. And then ultimately when you're with the person you're supposed to be with because you've been through so much. They have to overcome all of it now. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. And I'm saying that, that that's we're talking about in the context of relationships. I'm just talking about, again, you ladies will be in this seat one day. Not this seat, but obviously the seat when you're walking with somebody. And you'll see them making choices and you're looking at them and you're like, because you understand because they told you, this is what I want. And you're going to listen and you're going to look. And you're like, I don't understand. Why do you think that's going to get you there? Why do you think that that path makes sense? Do you understand? Like, this is your path. This is one of them. And you're going over here. How, don't you think it's going to be harder to curve yourself back over here? Well, you done drove all the way off the road now. That's to me is what expectations matter because people want to know, hey, what path are we going down? Again, ultimately, if I know what I want, if you don't know, how about it? Have the experience, figure out what you like and what you don't like, right? 
I'm not anti that. But what I am saying is when you know what you want, don't lie to yourself and tell yourself you don't. Yeah. Don't tell yourself, oh, I'm going to put up with this. I'm going to settle for this. I'll be complacent for that. When you know that's not really what you need. And it's not going to get you to what would actually make you feel satisfied and fulfilled in a loving relationship. If you know those things. If you don't know, take the chance. Live your life and do what you want to do. But that's something I think that younger people need to really think about. Because when we're having all these experiences, it's not all bad. But again, if you keep having these experiences where you feel like it didn't go the way I wanted, and I got hurt again and again and again, some people quit after a while. They're like, you know what? I don't want to do this no more. Or all of you are going to be like this, as we said earlier. So why bother? Do you, yeah. you follow what I'm saying? I follow what you're Does saying. Does that make sense to you? Mm -hmm. Again, yeah. you don't have to agree. I'm just trying to give you like, this is my experience of what I've lived through mm -hmm. and the people that I've talked to trying to help us. I like to try to get us more quickly to where we want to be. Yeah, I hear your perspective. That's always what Absolutely. I'm thinking about. Like, I want to streamline the process. There's certain things in life you're going to just go through. Like, I can't, no one of us can protect us or others from everything. Yeah. That's, that would be ridiculous, right? But what I am saying is when there's things that we can control, this is the key part of what I'm trying to say. When there's things we can control, I want us to think more critically about the choices and the decisions that we make. Because that might make the difference between finding this person, if again, that's what I want, and happily being in that relationship and being able to give them everything that they want and them giving, them giving me everything that I want. Or by the time I get to them, who will I maybe even be? Hmm. Or what if, take it a step further, what if they did the same thing? So I done went through all this hurt and they done went through all this hurt. We still want the same thing, but we got all this extra baggage <laughs> now that we have to jump over. Yeah. You get what I, I'm I, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. So I'm all for the fluidity. <laughs> I'm all for the fluidity. Everything doesn't have to be extremely defined, but. Don't put I, yourself through so much. I hurt. always talk yeah. about choice. Mm -hmm. Right, we're all responsible for our choices. Mm -hmm. There's consequences to every choice and decision that we make as adults, no matter how old we are. I want us to make smarter choices. I got you. That's all. I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> makes sense. Okay, now we've touched on a lot of stuff, so we now I, I, I got to go back to my questions. <laughs> we're all out of order, but it's good. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. All right, we didn't touch on this one though. So, and you can both of you can answer this in the context of. Uh, in general, it doesn't have to be for relationship, situation, whatever. If I was to see you, if I was to see you on the street and I was like, damn, she looks good. Wow. She's attractive. What's the best way I should approach you? <laughs> oh, it's fun. Hmm. Don't catcall from across the street. <laughs> I think have the decency to walk up to me. Yeah. So you don't want to be like, man, you look good in them jeans, girl. <laughs> No. <laughs> Flattering, but no. Yeah. Um, like thanks, I think but... have the respect to at least come talk to me. Okay. Yeah. I think respect. So I think um, a little bit of distance. Yeah. I don't think. Sure. Definitely. Like, you got yeah. personal don't, space. Yeah. Don't like, you yeah. know, because that's, no, that, that's weird. That's a safety thing. Yeah, it's a safety thing. Um, and just, you know, being really polite, being like, hey, like I saw you across the street, like you're really pretty. Can I... Um, maybe have your, your phone number. Mm. Not your Instagram? I think, I think introduce yourself before anything, though. Yeah, I'm like, not, hi. Yeah. Sure. I, I think, think yeah. men 
at least in my experience, have like dove straight in, and I'm like, okay, but like, can you, what, can you give me an example? Like, what are they? Saying? Who are you? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I mean, like, they can be respectful and they say, oh, like you look good or whatever, but it's like, yeah, that's fine. Say hello. How are you? How are you? My name. Tell is. me your name. <laughs> yeah. Like. Yeah. Like clearly, the goal is 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 obvious, right? Sure. Yeah. But, I mean. Don't dive straight in, you know, dip your foot in the water. Okay. <laughs> um, Suss out the situation. I think I think it helps like alleviate some some tension that women feel when men do walk up to them. Cause mm. when at least for me, when when a man walks up to me, it can go literally in any way. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I've had someone be very respectful and say, like, I'm not even trying to be weird, but I just had to tell you XYZ. And then I've had other people like straight up come up to me and say like some of the gross like most grotesque things so Mm. you really as a woman i never know what i'm gonna get no matter what and the guy could have the nicest intentions sure but our guard's always gonna be up because unfortunately like sometimes men are scary well also to be fair i mean you don't know because you don't know them exactly so So, that's it's fair to be weary yeah so i think like even just introducing yourself and saying hello first it's small but it helps like be like okay like break that you're at least trying to make some sort of conversation instead of just yeah going straight at it and you know women it's funny because i i said that all men cheat and stuff which i don't believe in by the way (laughs) but like um every woman is different sure there's gonna be some women that like it straight to the point what do you what do you want yeah. But what's going on here? Oof. And there's some... <laughs> and, like, never mind, I changed my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or not, right? <laughs> and and then there's some women who need a little bit of like, um, what do you do for a living? Uh, tell me about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, offering to be like, hey, like, I'm, I'm, do you want a drink? I see there's a drink in your hand. Like, let me get something for you. Like, not one thing isn't going to work for all of it. Sure. Yeah. For, sure. for every woman. But I do think 100% like respect mm-hmm. and also just like, just have a conversation with me yeah. like hey like um like i know like you're gonna be like really nervous and stuff when you do it of but course. <laughs> it's, ve- it's very different yeah on the other side it is it is um but just being like hey um i saw you um i'm just i was just i saw that you're like drinking um what are you drinking like can i buy you a drink um like do you come here often i think tone matters too like if it's tone. normal like well, yeah not like hey <laughs> like hey, what you doing, what you doing? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah um and it's honestly okay i know this is gonna sound crazy it's honestly okay if she does say no that doesn't mean that like sure. you are like something's bad or like your pickup line wasn't good mm-hmm. Sometimes, it's not personal, yeah. Some, sometimes it's really not personal. Sometimes maybe that woman is just not interested in dating or she has a boyfriend or mm-hmm. she's not interested yeah. in men. Like, Sure. So I do feel bad that I, 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 could, I could only imagine the nervousness. Oh, yeah. You yeah, know? I'm sure. The yeah. anxieties. That's, that's, that's part yeah. of the reason why I asked the question. I even have clients who, and it's, oh. it's, uh, it's interesting because some of them have like never dated. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, then, and you can appreciate how terrifying it can be and um, to me, it's never lost on me because I grew up differently. So, like, I understand that there's an, a certain level of discomfort, but you have to learn to build a thick skin and be resilient to it. Meaning, traditionally, men are always going to approach women. So, like, I grew up like that was just the norm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This generation, though, you, your generation, I actually think it's more challenging for them because they're used to doing it, I would say, the safer way, which is to try to initiate contact online. Yep. So they don't really know how to do it in person. So those are intangible soft skills that you actually have to develop and build 
right? But if my life, if a lot of my life is behind my phone, my tablet, and my computer screen, I'm naturally going to try to insulate and protect myself. And this is just my experience. I don't know many women that are going to flip the role and say, I'm going to cold approach all these women, men if I like them. Most women I've spoken to will say, no, he got to come to me. So women inherently get to have that power differential of they get the initial rejection. I've done it. I've it's approached, scary. yeah. yeah I've That's what I mean. And it's, 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 it's very different because <laughs> nobody, nobody likes it rejection. Is, it's a rush. Yeah. yeah. No, nobody yeah. likes the feeling, but it's inevitably, in most cases, something that men experience an overwhelmingly more than women. Oh, will. yeah, absolutely. You know, just, oh, I yeah. can imagine. Yeah. I can imagine. I will say, though, and I, I told you this before, I think the biggest thing is besides the fact that it's okay if somebody says no, it's mm-hmm. the way that you respond. I think it's more of a problematic issue with probably men our age where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, you weren't even that cute anyway, or like whatever, <laughs> or, or, or like some- That's, some, that's saving face. Or, yeah. You, or, or you, you hurt my ego. Yeah. 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 Or, ego. Yeah. You're stuck up anyway. Ego. Something yeah. like that. Or for me, I'm, I, I work out a lot. So like that happens to me where I do get a push to the gym and you know, the the response to that is really important um, because as much as men are probably really nervous and it's incredibly scary, I 100% respect anyone that does it in the first place anyway. Yeah. But you also have to understand the fear that sometimes women feel. Absolutely. When, you know... I, I think my personal experience is like sometimes I get so nervous to say no that I... I give them like whatever they've asked for and I just don't respond or like whatever like because it's like I don't some the way that you've already approached me the way that this interaction's already gone something tells me that if I tell you no it's not gonna go well Mm. so then okay you want my Instagram like whatever I'm just not gonna accept the follow request or I won't message you back or whatever it's just more of like can we end this conversation I'm feeling uncomfortable So, yeah. That's a really good point. I mean, I think personal safety, I mean, to me, that's that goes without question. Yeah, like I, right. I think in a vast majority of most situations, uh, not that women are always going to feel inherently threatened, but most men are bigger than most women, so there's an inherent physical intimidation that can be there. So tone matters, approach matters, how you conduct yourself matters. I definitely agree with all Setting that. Setting matters. Yeah. Where you are. The reason why I bring that up, too, though, is because, let me kind of take it a slightly different approach compared to the way that I grew up I actually think it's harder nowadays because we don't have like these common places to meet each other anymore like outside of when you're in school which you know you're not in school outside of work or if you happen to have any other like community or family ties to like or functions excuse me you don't really have a large opportunity pool of people to meet that's why that's why we rely on dating apps and then the reason why I brought up the idea of like how people should approach you is because I've heard language around like these are not the right ways to do it. Like this isn't the right venue. This isn't the right place. And so I've always wanted to provide context for the other side about how, like, let's say for example, I see you at Publix and it's the first time I've seen you. Like I've never seen you there before. And I'm nervous that I might not ever see you again. Somebody might say, that's inappropriate. You shouldn't talk to me while I'm getting my groceries because I'm clearly in a hurry. But what if I never see you again? It's that what if. Right. Like, what if that's the only opportunity? Or what if I happen to catch you at the gas station or I happen to catch you at the gym? I understand that it doesn't mean it's going to be a yes. What I'm saying is, again, to give you the other side, what if I don't have an opportunity to see you again 
so I won't have the opportunity to initiate contact at a later time. Right. I mean, I feel like, I think Publix is fine. I completely understand that reasoning a thousand percent. I think if anything, that should be a reason to go up to someone because you may not ever see them again. Publix is fine unless they're like clearly on the phone or clearly in this <laughs> d- the checkout line, Excuse like ready me. to go. Yeah, Can I'm, I buy your I'm gonna say, <laughs> I'm gonna say, like <laughs> gas stations for me is a no. Okay, absolutely not. I would think sex trafficking, so not catching yes. you at a Wawa. No, no, no. absolutely not a Wawa, <laughs> but yeah. Like gas stations, Walmart parking lots, like places Oof. like not the I, I I don't think <laughs> most men are aware of like the trafficking hotspots. So if the sun is down, you're and to me personally, your window is closed. Business hours are done. Like sunrise, business hours yeah, only. sunrise <laughs> to sunset. Like five, that is yeah. it. If it if it is dark outside, I'm I'm always on guard so only during banking hours yes that's Got a great it. way to put it and Got weekends it. at the bar but like that's it okay weekends at the bar. Okay. Got <laughs> but like <laughs> if if i'm at the gas station or if i'm in a parking lot and it's dark outside and i'm at my car by myself and a man i'm going to yeah. think that you are ready to snatch me a man walking you. up to you is going to be a little bit that, that's intimate. like yeah. I, sometimes it's hard when i try to explain this to my male friends but i don't women have to live their life as if it might end mm. when they are alone so you, you mean when you say that that you feel the need to constantly be on guard yes yeah because there's orlando's a very very popular spot for for sex trafficking first of all even by ucf it's it's major and then I guess we probably watch too many crime shows, but like <laughs> we do. There's, there's like I can get snatched. Anyway. Anybody's a murderer. <laughs> anybody's a rapist. Anybody's a kidnapper. Anybody's a sex trafficker, especially if they're approaching you in a place that does not seem appropriate or is shady. Yeah. And and I like that you said that, and that's that's part of the reason why I even asked the question because I'm always thinking about like what is appropriate, and right. that it, even that question is like it, I feel like it gets challenged a lot because some people may say like, well, that's not an appropriate spot. And maybe it used to be, right. or maybe it's the question might be, well, where are the appropriate spots? Cause they seem to be limited in, in, in opportunity. Yeah. So yeah. setting is important. I would say somewhere in a, in a public space mm. and not like, even if you're in a public, don't do it. Like when you're like cornered and alone and like, there's no security camera, like, you know what I mean? Like be okay. aware of, I think as a man, it's important to remember that to a woman, men can be scary. Sure. So if you're gonna do it, I do I do encourage it, especially because that's it's incredibly nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. I respect men that walk up to me, but it's like be aware of where you're at. Sure. Awareness. Yeah, I agree. I co-sign. Okay. <laughs> no, and, and and I like I said, I, I appreciate the responses, and I asked the question because to me it's it's gotten more challenging over time. The more yeah. that I've noticed, it's just like where are these connections supposed to happen? Mm-hmm. You know. And, and I hear online, because I consume a lot of content trying to understand like how people think about things. And it seems like you know the ways that used to be appropriate are not appropriate anymore. So then I come back to that question of like, okay, so then like, when are we supposed to form connections then? I guess we're all just supposed to either hope you get swiped on or yeah. uh, chance, chance, just random happenstance. Yeah. 
I don't, so every single person that I know who's in a relationship, minus maybe one or two, met on a dating app. Mm. Like, that's just honestly kind of the way the world, I think, is evolved evolved to. Most of, I, I just, I don't see a world where everyone is going to meet someone not online. Organically. Like it's too late for that. Yeah, I, I think organically is like out the window. <laughs> that sounds very uh, doom and gloom. <laughs> yeah, I think your I window's mean, over. I disagree, but that's like my own. See, yeah, I, yeah. I, see, I want to disagree. <laughs> I want to. Like the re- like the optimist in me disagrees, but the realist in me is concerned because I don't see the alternative. I don't mm-hmm. think it's a bad thing though. No, not at all. No, no, no. Okay. Well, no, no, let's talk about that. Wait, I don't think dating apps to me in my life are negative. Um, I think you can find really awesome, genuine people on the apps. Just like in real life, you sometimes have to go through mm. some uh, interesting ones to find the right one. I think it's the same on dating apps because I'm sorry. Um, I'm 23 years old and I think because guys are scared, like sometimes like uh, you know, you go at a bar and you, you sometimes you may not even see people that you are naturally attracted to. Sure. And that can be a big thing. Or maybe like you're so involved with your friends and like maybe like you, you're not aware. And like I've seen it. Um, and like it's true. Like I, I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't born in the 90s or anything. I don't know what it was like in the 90s or anything. But it was like, different. yeah, I can imagine <laughs> it was different. But like I have eyes and I see and like I just don't see a lot of guys approaching girls or if there are guys and girls together, they came in together. You ask them, how did you guys meet? Bumble, Tinder, On, Hinge. I, I think to your point for your generation, I think that that is it's true. Just the norm. But what I would say, the reason why I said DMs. I, no, I, the reason why I said I would be concerned if it's only from apps, is because I think that that's the, fair. I, I think that there's not enough context. Let me tell you why. When you try to meet somebody. If I'm only going solely based on some images and some blurbs that you put on a profile, I think people are getting a very distorted view of how you connect with humans. That's true. Because a lot of times, I'm not saying physical attraction doesn't matter, to be clear. It it does matter. Because it's the the first thing that you notice. So it absolutely matters. But if I don't give the time to actually engage in discussion like we are doing right now, that's when you start to see somebody's personality come out. And then now you start seeing like, ooh, I didn't know that about you. I find that very interesting. There's downsides. And you can never communicate that on a profile. The only way you can get that, I'm not saying that that it it cannot be a useful tool. I don't live in extremes, right? It's not black and white thinking. What I'm saying is, I think if I'm only getting that, that I'm missing all this other context for how people are and and, and this kind of swiping uh, culture, I guess you could say, that we have, I think we're... Actually, let me ask a question. Let me ask ask a question, because this is different for men and women. Do you ever question, this is a question about apps, do you ever question (laughs) that you will run out of people to swipe on? No, but people, I have met people who think that. I'm not, I don't use dating apps. You never, never? I've used it like a couple times, but never actually with intention to do anything with it. But you're like, no, I've never, you never worry about that. No, there's always... See, so, so what I think is interesting is that that is a very unique woman experience because mm-hmm. men don't have that experience. For men, the vast majority of them, from what I understand, are being swiped left on 
So, so many of them are not being, having the opportunity to formulate connections with women. And then I think from what I've observed, this is just what I've observed, that a lot of women have that mentality. I'll, I'll, I will always, there's an infinite amount of men that I can swipe on and I will eventually find what I want. Almost as if I'm constructing him in real time. It's funny that you say that, that last part, like you're constructing him in real time because yeah, like almost, I don't like this. Yep. I want this nose, this so, eyes, this hair, that, uh, those abs, that job, this age, chin line <laughs> in my city, three miles away. Yeah. Go. So I think at least from the people that I've talked to that do use dating apps and then at some point they get off of it and I ask them why and they say it's because it set their expectations too high. After being on it for a while, they were like, nobody, nobody interests me because it made my expectations too high. I would say not realistic. Yeah. Like it, it becomes, and I don't mean that it isn't, I think like women are, are the problem. I'm saying, I think it, it, my whole point is trying to find ways for us to come together. And I think, and again, not that the apps are wrong, but there's like a certain level of context that you don't get. So then there's people you're, this is what I would kind of simplify it to. I think there's people you would swipe on that in real life you wouldn't. If you actually got to know them, you would be like, oh my God, I swiped on you? And then like, oh yeah, I messaged you. And and then you start talking to me like, what the hell was I thinking? Mm -hmm. But again, if I had that perspective, which I appreciate you for saying that, why would I ever think to swipe <laughs> right on anybody? I'm like, I'm not swiping right until I find exactly what I want. Like, you better be perfect. Yeah. That's the only person I'm going to give a chance to. But that person probably don't exist. Yeah. No. And then to give the other side, if he did exist, would he want you? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> like I found perfection, but nobody's perfect. Right? No, I mean, just for the sake of you know, no, some right, people no, say no. stuff like that. Like, oh yeah, yeah he's he's the best. <laughs> he's perfect. And I'm like, uh, yeah, but does that person want you the way you want them? I hear what you guys are saying. I, I see it. I, I and by the way, this is not an attack on you. No, no, no I don't feel attacked. <laughs> Open dialogue. About I don't feel attacked at all because Good. I wish there was. Uh, I wish there were different ways. Like sometimes I do wish it was the good old days, and you know somebody would approach another person and like the nineties. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and you know, boom! Like there's there's connection, there's talking. Like yeah. I, I do wish we met people that way. I just kind of what you're saying like I don't think real like realistically it's that hard. is that is slowly turning to not even really a thing. To eventually, like, majority of marriages are going to start off probably on the apps. See, and I'm not against them, like, beginning that way. No. I just, to me, it's like, I feel like there's, like, this layer of something that we're missing. That, I that, agree that with causes you there. us to, like, again, I feel like it's almost like we're filtering out all these possibilities. I agree um, with you there. B- because we're like, oh, well, again, it's not exactly what I want. And if I keep thinking I can eventually find it, it's, it's kind of like that question of, like, well, then why would I ever settle? I need to settle. And I know for some people that's a swear word. Um, <laughs> I need to settle because I am not perfect. So number one, I should not expect perfection because I damn sure I'm not. Mm. But also, if I don't start figuring out ways in which I can compromise, even, again, even if I find that person, I would think more about the perspective that you have going into that relationship. I didn't have to compromise to find you. I'm not about to compromise in this relationship. Well, 
So for me, I've never been on any of the dating apps thinking I'm going to find my perfect person. Okay, good. I think also an individual in the real world could also go through a bunch of people and let go of a lot of people because that's not a perfect, that's not their expectation. It's not the perfect person. I don't think the the issue, in my opinion, is like uh, dating apps or, or organically meeting someone. Okay. I think the issue is you as an individual and your expectations. I think that to me, I would agree with you. To, but to me, that is also a function of the dating apps. Because like you said, if I'm getting this endless barrage of men that are hitting on me or wanting to connect with me, it's diluting my perception of reality. So my okay. expectations are going to be delusional because I think I deserve exactly what I want. And I should not have to compromise because all of you keep looking for me. So then why would I ever need to compromise as opposed to if the shoe's on the other foot and five of you were looking for me, now I'm going to be more intentional and be like, well, let me see, you know, what these guys got because that's all I got. So let me see, can I have a genuine connection with them? Do they want some of the same things that I want? Like we were talking about earlier. But that happens in real life dating too. No, it can. What I'm saying is in real life, you don't have access to the amount of people you have access to online. Okay. You will never meet the amount of people right. in real life that you will meet online. Like you just said, you believe there there was an infinite amount of men. There, yeah. There's not an infinite amount of men in the world. There's more win, women, women than men than in men general. Now. So it's, phys- yeah. it's numerically impossible. But, and then again, you know, then you start talking about like all the men aren't straight, so then you can't go for them. <laughs> and then, you know, then you start getting into attractions. But right, right. my point is... I think the function of those apps is giving women a diluted perception of reality, which then makes it harder for them to want to compromise and reasonably connect with men. Well, I've heard the same perspective about porn. I know those sure. are kind of, I know I'm like totally can, no, going into that. It, it but can in terms a, of the delusional side, I, I agree. Or I, intimacy yeah. side, I agree. There are a lot of people who think that porn is evil because it dilutes, they say men, but they say like it dilutes men into thinking that that's what sex actually is. Of course. So if, if they don't get to have real conversations about what it is. So are you saying also in dating apps it can be similar? Women sure. are being diluted. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. No, no. I'm trying to no, make a comparison. No, no, no. That's there. a beautiful comparison. That's a beautiful comparison. Because I've heard the same argument for porn. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I respect that. Um, let's let's do it like this because that makes sense. So social media and dating apps. Who are they primarily targeting? Women. Right. And then porn primarily targets who? Well, uh, men. Right. Yeah. So that is a beautiful comparison because men are the ones that they want that attention. But why are they seeking that attention? Because those men can't get that attention in real life. Do you think porn is evil? No. Okay. No. Again, I don't live in extremes. Like I forget. It, it, it serves <laughs> okay. a purpose. Okay. Um, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with it. I think as, as long as it's consensual, right? But... What I do think is, if that is my worldview because I don't have healthy conversations about sex and intimacy, mm. yes, it's a problem. Because if you think that's supposed to happen in real life all the time, my friend, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Same thing I would say to a woman. If she came to me and said, there's an infinite amount of men, I'm going to swipe left until I see exactly what I want. I would say, sweetheart, you're wrong. Not the sweetheart. <laughs> it's true. I'm being respectful. No, I'm just it's saying, true. it's like, listen... Those, that's not enough people who are going to fit what you're looking for. Like, you, you, you can only do it so much. Like, do you think you know? it only caters to women, though? What? 
like dating apps and like that perception. Yes. I'm not saying that they don't try to target the guys. I think that they yeah. do. But I'm saying that the same way I brought up social media, because I think we know, I think those of us that engage in this stuff, men are the primarily the ones that are providing the attention. The same reason why you can say I can swipe on so many guys is because there's a there's a plethora of guys that are seeking out women. Okay. There's women I think that want to seek out men, but they don't. Go, you again, like we talked about earlier about attraction. Like I always try to bring everything together. The same way we talked about how women don't seek men out. Men do that, right? We we initiate Publix. If I'm on the app and I'm a guy, there's a much, much higher probability that I will never get swiped on, swiped right on. But for women, I mean, and there's studies that, you know, that justify that. But women will have those options. I don't think that that's inherently a bad thing. What I'm saying is, if I have that perspective that I will always be able to seek out more because I keep seeing things and I'm like, it's okay, but it's not enough, and then that's not enough, and that's not enough, and I just keep going and going and going and going. That deludes my perception of what connecting and dating is. The same way you can make the case that, hey, if all you do is watch porn and you tell me that tells you how intimacy really is, I would say you are wrong. That's not how it's supposed to look. You got to understand that is scripted. People are being compensated. I'm not saying nobody is into that stuff, but to expect it all the time. No, that's not real. Yeah, I get what you're saying. So like um, how... In generalization terms, sure. right? Like, so how women view social media is how men view real life dating. Because isn't the stereotype of men that, oh, you don't want to sleep with me? I'll find five other women. Find ten other women. I, I it's think, the same I, thing. I, 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 I think, I think <laughs> now that, it's just woman's turn. <laughs> I think that guys would like to think that that's true. But that is but, a stereotype, right? No, no, I think that's the stereotype, but... What I would say is that in terms of who actually gets the level of attraction, who gets the opportunity, it's infinitely in women's favor. It's yeah, I can argue with you there, yeah. In women's favor. Yeah. The vast majority of guys, from what I've seen, struggle to even find a partner. They struggle to even find somebody who wants to take a chance with them. Yeah. Versus women will almost never have that issue. Because mm-hmm. there's always going to be a guy who may want to engage. I'm not saying he just wants to be with you. That would want to engage with you to see you know, what you're about. Find out if there's an opportunity to genuinely connect in a real way. But I think that's what causes it. And it makes it very, very difficult. And I'm not like, again, I'm not an expert on this. These are just things. These are talking <laughs> points that I hear. These are things I observe. These are things that my male clients tell me. My female clients have told yeah. me. And I'm like, wow, because it is very different. We don't have the same lived experience when it comes to that. A lot of men are like, man, I'm kind of desperate to meet somebody. (laughs) But nobody is like giving me an opportunity to like showcase what I'm about beyond my photo and this little prompt that I filled out on my profile. I I, I get that. And so like I want to see if there's a way to to, is maybe like an intermediary where you still use that as a tool because I think it can be helpful, right? Because you can meet people that you otherwise would probably never meet. But I think there has to be a second step where it keeps us grounded in our expectations being realistic. That's the part I think that we're missing. I think there's too much of like, I'm kind of inflating a sense of ego. Like, Mm. I can get anything. So Mm. why wait? Why, again, why choose this person? I'm going to wait until I 
see perfection. Got it. Which we already know, there is no perfect people. That's to me, that's where the delusion is. Yeah. And again, not saying you are delusional. I think it's creating opportunities for people to have delusional thinking. I get it. Just like you talked about with porn. I I get you. I'm picking up where you're putting down. (laughs) No, but that was a really good example because that that, that made a very easier comparison in my mind. Because I just kept thinking, oh, that's the same argument for porn. Yeah. No, listen, I've had, I've, I've definitely talked to young men who like have had challenges there. And I'm like, that's why we need to be more open about these things. Yeah. You know, like if you are, were fortunate enough to be in a relationship, like you would learn very quickly, like, hey, man, uh, you know, with very few exceptions, most women are not going to do that all the time. Right. Like, we just got to be real. Mm-hmm. So if you go into it and then you're like, well, again, like we talked about expectations. Well, I think it's supposed to be like that all the time. And then you're like, I'm tired. And he's just like, you know what? I'm just going to go find somebody else. Like, that isn't going to help him have healthy relationships with women moving forward. Because he's going to keep jumping, thinking that there's always something better. Just like if I'm swiping all the time, I'm always thinking there's something better. Okay. I get you. Makes sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And you push back? No. Because you're free to. No, you're good. (laughs) Because I love that. I actually haven't talked about that before. But I think that it's it's important because these are just the things that, you know. It's an interesting topic. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. Uh, We kind of touched on uh, expectations already, so I don't want to beat a dead horse. But I do want to talk about characteristics in terms of what you think is important or what you value as most important in a man, characteristics and traits, to have a long-term relationship. I would love to hear what you all think. (laughs) I mean, loyalty. It's like a big thing for me. What does loyalty mean? Monogamy. (laughs) (laughs) Meaning I'm only with you. Yes. Okay. And definitely somebody with ambition. Somebody that has a goal in mind and is working actively towards it. Respect. That's important to me. Yeah. I agree. Um, Ambition, loyalty. Um, I will also say someone who is open-minded because obviously there's going to be like times in our lives where Mm -hmm. um, we are going to disagree on stuff but I would still like you to keep an open mind that even though like we're disagreeing you're understanding what I'm trying to say right yeah so I think that's important Um, and I think someone who is um, not afraid of conflict and not afraid of having the tough conversations. Confrontation. Confrontation, yeah. I would like someone for me who can be okay with confrontation because if you're dating me, there might be some confrontation. Hey, listen, everybody's going to have confrontation. <laughs> Everybody. Because remember, because yeah. we're not the same person. You're not. So no. we're absolutely going to see things differently at, at one point or another. Yeah. So okay. I think those those matter to me. Okay. So healthy confrontation, ambition, and loyalty. So that's it. Uh, those are the top things. Yeah, that's not it, it, but top things. <laughs> those, are, those are the things I can think about right now. Open mind, for sure. And open-mindedness. And open-mindedness, yeah. Um, someone who respects our field, mental health. Of course. <laughs> that that's to me pretty, is a duh. <laughs> that's pretty high up there, yeah. If you don't agree with therapy, well, you're dating a therapist, so I don't know how this is going to work. It's going to be very uh, challenging. <laughs> I can imagine. Very challenging. Uh, yeah, I would say that. Okay. Do you think that in past relationships or current ones that you have put those things on the table? 
For sure the loyalty. I mean, all of it. Everything that you said. Not all of it, but definitely loyalty. Why not all of it? Um, because sometimes I will be, I'll be dating people that, um, have, that are, that are just not loyal. They're just not loyal people. So why are you dating them? That's a great question. <laughs> I, I don't know. You want to respond? Do, do you, do you, in your current relationship or situationship, do you, <laughs> did you put those things on the table? Like, these are the things I need. Ambition loyalty i mean those are the two things you said ambition and loyalty yeah well ambition loyalty i think communication is a big thing and these mm. are things that i learned from my relationship before that um and these are things that i do see in the guy that i'm seeing now which works out for me at least yeah. sure. um honestly i will say like some of the the more intimate conversations that we've had about emotions or vulnerability he's initiated so mm -hmm. I really respect that mm -hmm. and it's good. something that I need especially because I think for people in our field at least we tend to be the ones that want to talk about our feelings and everything yeah. like that so that helps a lot so communication is, is a really big thing for me having conversation I agree I told you that's my number one like that that's that's a deal breaker. communication yeah that's a deal breaker that's a big one if you can't do that uh, we can't go nowhere because yep. <laughs> because yep. to me that it ties everything you said together ambition i need to be able to communicate to you where i think my life is going mm -hmm. loyalty we need to be on the same page about what we're doing that goes back to my conversation about having those expectations and actually talking about them because mm -hmm. if you don't then how can you create again that path just like ambition yeah. ambitions for what because we want to go somewhere together why do i want loyalty because i want to go somewhere with you together but if i don't lay those things out there how are we going to get there no. we're not talking about it no. confrontation healthy confrontation you got to be able to talk through those things you got to sit down there as uncomfortable as it is at times and give each other the space and try to make sure that, you know, we're being understood, you know, and speaking authentically to each other, but giving each other the grace, knowing that sometimes it might be difficult to say certain things depending on, you know, the circumstances where we came from or we may not have the words yet. So I'm always big on reflecting, taking that time to really consider how you feel and then healthily engage with that person so you get to the point of what you really want to say and not talking around things. Mm -hmm. Open-mindedness, I think that goes without being said. I mean, you want somebody open-minded, you said for what? To be able to navigate those difficult conversations exactly. that have to be had and not shut me down or I shut you down because we immediately disagree with one another. Because yeah. how can you communicate with someone who's always closed-minded? Correct, you can't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can't, that's literally <laughs> talking to a wall. Yeah. So yes, I hope I just did a good job of communication wraps all that up in a nice bow. Yeah. Yep. So, but I do think those things are important. And the only reason why I asked the question is because it, to me, it's interesting what people value. Sometimes people value things that in my opinion, don't matter for a long-term relationship. Yeah. yeah. They fixate on things that are truly irrelevant when you really want something to work. I'm not saying that everything people say, it doesn't matter, but I think sometimes we get caught in the superficial too much. Sometimes I think that like we've talked about earlier, there's things that we know we need, but we don't say. Mm -hmm. And we just kind of go along to get along. Yeah. Instead of saying, no, I need this. Yeah. And if you don't want to give it to me, I'm not going to stay here anymore. Mm -hmm. That's a boundary. That's a boundary. Yeah. Right. 
but I think that for those of us that don't engage in these discussions, like then we need to start to. So hopefully this is an example of how to engage in this in, in a healthy way. Now, building off of that, so the flip side of that, let's say I'm in the situation. So you were in a past relationship. You can see the same thing. You were in a past relationship. What do you think are the circumstances for you? I think I have a feeling of what yours would be. What are the circumstances in which you feel are appropriate to leave? It's a great question. Um, what are the circumstances I think are appropriate to leave? I think the moment you start questioning your self-worth and when you're no longer at peace with this individual, like at, at its core, if this relationship is not making you happy, because sometimes obviious relationships go up and down. You're not always going to be happy with the, part, the person you're not. dating. But at the core, you are not happy and you haven't been happy for a while. Mm -hmm. I think that's when you know it's time. When you say you haven't been happy, does that include that you've already articulated those things to that person and that you've tried to remedy the situation? No. I just want to clarify because yeah. some, you know, some people, they, I'm unhappy, but I don't talk about it. So then nothing no. gets dealt with. So then I just leave. You've done the work. You've done everything you can. You're still unhappy. I think it's time to leave. Okay. Respect. Yeah. What about you? Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously cheating. Surpri surprise us, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> surprise cheating. Um, but I think... Another reason that I left my past relationship is there was just a disagreement on expectations, values, ambition. And I think, again, I'll say it again, everybody has the right to change their mind. So sure. the second that your values or what you want no longer aligns and that's clear, then it's time to go. And I think that would be the hardest part is especially if there was no conflict or loss of self self worth beforehand and it's one of those things where it's not high conflict but you know it you have to do it yeah no no and i respect that i think it's to me I, I would agree with that point the only reason why i think about that question is because again going back our conversation a little bit ago i think in a lot of situations we prematurely kind of answer that question on our own by not engaging in the discussion with that person or just not sharing what it is that we're really concerned or worried about. So then we, we sort of presuppose what is going to be. Therefore, we start to change our perspective and our feelings and our behaviors surrounding that. And the next thing you know, we've already essentially talked ourselves into leaving. Mm -hmm. Instead of, did I, like you said, properly articulate and express how I feel? Did we do what we can to try to get on the same page, to try to fix the situation and compromise? And we did all that and we still are at an impasse, then I respect walking away from that. But I think in a lot of cases from what I've seen, particularly with couples that I've worked with, we skip the communicating part. And then, because again, we've been with somebody for a little while, so we just assume everything that they're gonna say. Yeah. But also, sometimes we're so afraid to say those things that we don't. So then we're just feeling it inside, which still is gearing us toward, or steering us towards that path of I'm walking away. Right. ultimately the stuff's not getting resolved right whether i talk about it or i don't talk about it it's not getting resolved so i just feel internally super conflicted being here with you still so i'm at the point where i'm unfulfilled i'm not happy i'm not getting my needs met so i feel like i need to walk away now yeah i just want us to make sure that you did that step that you said and that you said we need to communicate that stuff to them to see if it's possible to reconcile right 
And then if you know that that you tried that, you guys did your best and it doesn't work, then go do your thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I agree. Oof. All right. So we're coming to the end. <laughs> I know that was a lot. That was a lot. But I appreciate everything that we've touched on. Yeah. Um, so we always try to end on a higher note. So whoever wants to start. <laughs> what's in the cards for you in terms of your future? What would you like? Personally, professionally, career? However you want to take that. Um, definitely graduating um, and getting being a fully licensed counselor. That's definitely a goal. Um, I definitely want to one day be able to have my own house and be able to afford all the nice things I want in my house and be able to um, help out my parents more. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to um, be in a job or be in a position where I feel like I'm doing exceptional work. I feel like I'm really helping people, um, whatever capacity that's in, inpatient, yeah. outpatient, whatever. Um, and I just feel like I'm doing some good in the world. I'll be set. Okay. Yeah. Follow up. Um, so, and that this could just be a function of where you're at. So a lot of what you said was things that are indi- individually within your control, mm-hmm. right? In terms of like what you want and how you're going to steer yourself there. Do you have any thought or idea about uh, relationship building in the future? I do want a partner. Okay. One day. Um, but I'm also content with not having one. Okay. If that is what the cards, you know, say. Um, is that like indefinite or you just mean in the near future? Whichever. Like, in the sense of like, um, I, I would love a very loving, happy partnership with someone. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I do wholeheartedly want, but I'm also trying to accept that it is okay if that's not what happens. And I think there's some peace with that that I'm finding too. Mm. So I think finding peace with or without a partner. Okay. Yeah. How about you, Joy? Um, obviously becoming a licensed <laughs> mental health counselor. To oh, where I, I don't know. <laughs> um, I want to retire my parents. It's like the biggest thing for me as of right now is I want to retire my parents. Um, Not really set on where I'd want to be, where I want to live. I'm not thinking about kids. (laughs) Um, Not necessarily thinking about a partner either. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess if we're planning right now, it is more individualistic because, you know, this is about me. Sure hiding money in the mattress or whatever the case may be you can't trust a mattress <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> no um separate bank accounts yeah i i would like to move out of florida so hopefully like the counseling compact will be more extensive across the country let's hope for that but i think so yeah that's that's i would love to move at some point florida's like florida's nice but for some time sure. <laughs> hey listen i respect that and I think it's, to me, it's, it's good to, again, to hear the stories because I, I relate to a lot of where you guys have been, where you are and where you've gone through. And um, 
I, I love the I really appreciate these types of discussions because I think that for a lot of us like we don't always get a level of guidance for people who are a bit ahead of you or things that maybe you want to put on your radar or things that you want to think about so let me give a quick example and part of the reason why some of these questions I added this year I think for a lot of us when we're young, and, and also part of it is our culture. When I say culture, I mean American culture. We're very individualistically driven. We don't really think from a collectivist perspective. I think that for when we're young, we don't necessarily ask these tougher questions about how you see your life playing out. Because when you're young, all you think about is you have infinite time. But if you talk to somebody who's older, they'll tell you time flies by like that. Yeah and you need to have ideas about where you want things to go, like general directions in which you want your life to play out. And as I've gotten a bit older and I've seen how it can play out, I've been wanting to put that out more for other people who don't have those folks to talk to, to say, hey, have you thought about what, what could happen if you do this? And if you make this choice, because a lot of us don't have those people to bounce ideas off of or to use as examples, so again, we're just out here making choices and seeing what happens and throwing the dart at the board, blindfolded. <laughs> so my hope is that for both you all, myself, and the people, for those of you that are watching and listening, that we can take this as an opportunity to really look inside and really consider, if I've never thought about these things, I need to start putting effort in. Because right now you're 22, 23. Eventually you're gonna be 28, 29, 35, 36. It's, it's happening. Listen, Are we sure? Listen, <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It happens. It happens faster than you think. Oh, yeah. It happens faster than you think. I'm telling you. It's a young person's vantage point. I believe you. Where everything seems like you have time until you don't. I know. Yeah. And it's not, this is not to fear monger. Because yeah. we already talked a lot about fear. This is not to scare people. <laughs> the purpose is to make us intentionally and thoughtfully consider, am I putting myself on a path am I making choices that are helping me get the outcomes that I ultimately desire mm -hmm. sometimes I think we put a lot of effort into our individualistic races so my career and the things that I can control I lean on really hard because I have absolute control if I work hard I can I can get to this point for the most part but as soon as I say but do you want somebody to go through your life with Eventually, you don't got to say right now, eventually, if you say yes at some point, you need to also put it on your radar to put in the effort to be the first, be the type of person that you want, but also be intentional about putting yourself out there in the most authentic way to find that person. Because mm -hmm. if I'm going to be guarded my whole life, I'm never going to find this person. Right. And he or she probably walked past me yesterday, I know. but I was like, Pfft. I'm not trying to hear it. Mm -hmm. So I try to give this idea of think about two things at the same time. We talk about it in therapy. You can hold two truths at the same time. Things are not linear. I can pursue the goals that I have for myself as an individual. And I also have these things that I value that I want maybe family building down the road. If you know you want those things, it would behoove you to start sooner rather than later. Right. If I'm waiting until I'm in a situation, I'm like, I'm going to figure out, figure out how to be the best husband that I can be. 
I'm going to try to be the best wife that I can be or the best mom that I can be or the best dad that I can be. To me, that's a lot of time that I'm burning that I could have really practiced and learned from others up until I met that person to actually start going on that journey with. Yeah. So to me, it's more about just trying to put in the effort now and don't wait and delay as if we have infinite time. Because the truth is that we don't. You, we don't, none of us know how much time we have here walking around. And again, not to be grim, <laughs> but I'm just making the point. I want us to find more meaningful connections with one another. So yep. I know that that requires us to put in the effort sooner rather yep. than later. Yep. You have to. Yeah, I agree. Beautiful. <laughs> then that's how we're going to close because oh, I think that this has been, wow, a very, very interesting and in-depth <laughs> discussion. But genuinely, genuinely, I appreciate you both. Yeah. For, no, thanks for having us. For yeah. talking about it. Because I know that a lot of this stuff is, is challenging. Mm-hmm. You know, these aren't easy yeah. conversations to get into. But I think that we all can learn something. Like, hopefully, even when we go back. I, I learn a lot even when I go back and watch these. I'm like, That's oh, yeah. awesome. That was, yeah. good, that was a good gem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you take something, you know, that you can apply, hopefully, in the future. Oh, for sure, yeah. Absolutely. We appreciate it. This was yeah, a lot thank of fun. You. <laughs> hopefully, this will be also be good practice when the time comes. Like, when you, you know, when you're sitting with yep. somebody, you're like, yeah. I have, I have somewhat of an idea of, like, how that could feel. Exactly. Or just how to connect with them or how to put my put myself out there like we are right now. Exactly. And um, again, to the audience out there listening, I hope you all appreciated this and got some value from listening or watching because this is information that you might not get anywhere else. I'm very aware, particularly for guys, that a lot of us don't talk about these things. And that's precisely why I'm trying to make sure that I'm intentional about putting this out there for us to really learn and observe from. So I appreciate all of you who might have been watching and listening. And I'm going to take this as a beautiful opportunity to sign off and say until next time. But stay tuned because there's definitely more of these coming in the future. So peace out, everybody.